and two and one. G'day, cunts. Oh, that was a nice little trumpet. Little trumpet, mouth trumpet. Little mouth trumpet. What's going on? That'd, that'd be something on fucking Urban Dictionary for mouth, mouth trumpet. Trump. Oh, it has sure. to be. Has to be. For sure. Some kind of German fetish. like. Um, g'day, guys. Welcome back for another fucking fantastic edition of Wormholes. We're, we're doing the normal thing this week. No more live stream after last week's little uh, escapade, which was quite nice. Um, we've got another guest on tonight. Please uh, welcome Blaze. Thanks for coming on. Hey, how are you? Oh, very well, thank you. Did you did you have a look at our live stream last week at all? No, I haven't seen it yet. No. But I was I was just about to ask you Good what guest. happened. Good guest. <laughs> um, no, it was awesome. It was we more than one person. Like I was expecting just my little brother to be in there, and that was it. But we got we did way better than that. So yeah, <laughs> that's a, a roaring success. So I did message my brothers and was like, make sure you fucking tune <laughs> yeah, in. Please, please. I, we have more than one person in there. Otherwise, it's going to be really depressing. But um, <laughs> no, it went pretty well. Had a bunch of interaction and uh, people were, were getting involved and yeah. um, answering questions and hurling abuse at us and some mates that I don't think have listened to an even single episode jumped in the live stream just to be like, wow, normally I'm drunk when I listen to J-Man talk this much shit. I remember that was one of the comments from, <laughs> yeah. from good old Proctor. Um, but, yeah, so we've got – so what are we – we even done one since we had Andy on. We had Andy on and then, then we, we had, had Mel, Mel and then we had then the, we live the live stream. stream. Now we have Blaze. Now we got Blaze. Yeah. So we're just pretty much the fucking guest kings right now. Right? <laughs> um, but yeah, thanks for coming on. Um, so another uh, another awesome guest tonight. Um, I, don't if, I can't even give you an introduction because there's that much fucking weird and wonderful shit that you do in your life. So I'm sure we'll, we'll go through it all. But normally I'd list it off at the beginning, but I'll be here for a fucking hour. But um, obviously we met... The funny thing is you do all this cool shit, but I just met you through us being loose cunts, which is cool. Yeah, I, I think, think it we're... was a black market and we were just like, we were with friends that weren't getting as hectic as what we wanted to and then we <laughs> just ended up getting loose as. And I yep. don't even really remember most of the night, but we got photos together. Yeah. Oh, there you go. So it happened. So it <laughs> happened. <laughs> we're definitely and I remember, there. I think I, you left slightly earlier than us and I got back to the same mate's house though where we were having kick-ons. Oh, and yes. you were standing on his kitchen bench. And you were laying under the eight ball table because you said to me, like we both just looked at each other and we're like, let's do something really weird before they get home. Yes. And then so we, you thought being under the table was weird and I thought just sitting on the bench was weird. And yeah. then everyone did come in and they're like, what are you doing? Like, see, it was weird. <laughs> Motherfuckers, yeah. not even that weird. It's just weird that you guys are doing this. Yeah, we weren't even aiming for funny. We were just going for weird. <laughs> Yeah, so Fuck. that's that's how the friendship started, and then we, I don't know, we just kind of kept in touch over random shit um, over the years. But um, but yeah, I thought I'd, I thought I'd have you on the podcast because you got some pretty interesting uh, stories to tell. Obviously, you're a fucking truck driver, which is crazy. <laughs> um, you're a fucking an absolute OnlyFans sensation these days, which I'm sure we'll fucking get into how the fuck that came about. Um, but what's been going on lately? Anything anything crazy or interesting been happening in the last couple of weeks? Obviously, we went back into lockdown for a, a little bit again. Is there anything to, uh, quite recent that's been uh, interesting going on? Um, I've just started to gear up more with actually making the OnlyFans and the content creating everything a full-time job. So yep. uh, for someone that's I'm, – I'm the most organised, unorganised person ever. So I'm kind of going through the process of trying to make set days of doing things and treating it like a job. But yeah, that's killer. Good yeah, it's so weird to go from like everyone said to you, oh, you know, being on your phone is a waste of time, stop being on your phone. And then now when I'm not on my phone, it's a waste of time. Yeah, like, you're losing <laughs> money. Yeah. So I'm trying to retrain my body in like a whole different way. So like even my mum, she thought I was just inside doing nothing because she's used to seeing me outside riding the horses. So she's like, oh, you got to get out more and do stuff. I said, I'm, I'm earning more than I did before. And she, she even her, she can't comprehend like how yeah. this is working. Yeah. So you're just really gearing that up. Thing, isn't it? It's like, it, and it's, 
like such a uh, like a representation of where we're at in society. When you think about like content creators in general, you look at how many people are now um, like your Shammies and fucking J- whatever that Jackson F- Jackson O'Doherty and like all of those kind of like. Um, people that have just absolutely made a fucking killing for it that just started from making stupid fucking videos as well. Yeah. Like there's such this well, like, thing um, now where like it's becoming an actual viable thing. Yeah, like, well, so, that, that, sorry, that Nat's what I reckon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's like he's legend, gone though. massive now. Yeah. He's, he's the original like, ah, oh, fuck, it's hot guy. And then yeah. I did a video take off of his. Yeah. And then um, since then he did the cooking ones. And now he's like over a million followers and gone absolutely mental. Like it's. Just takes that crazy one kick off. Like even what I've got another friend. Um, she's like, oh, so kawaii. I always say it wrong, like Hawaii, kawaii. <laughs> yeah. And um, she just is her um brand is basically just her look. So she dresses in pink, outrageous, and like things like that. So the more she does it, the more followers she gets, and the more she makes money. Yeah. And then it's the same thing with me. Like the more I truck drive, or the more I just be myself, the more people are interested. And in. so like, but that, that, isn't that such a good thing? The more you be yourself. The more you're the you're furthering, isn't that just such a good thing? Yeah, that like we're a, that we're you don't have to like live and like work some crappy job. You can just be yourself, yeah. and then put it out there for people to enjoy. Well, like. that's like with the truck driving. I um I've always had my single semi license, and I never wanted to get my road train because they just make you do shit work around town. But then now, since doing the OnlyFans, I'm like, well, I only can only have to drive like when I want to, when I want to enjoy it, or I can buy my own truck and yeah. just drive for myself. So now I'm booking in for my road train license, and then I can, you know, go across the Nullarbor or yeah. do big like road trains wherever. And the Americans, so for me, I get my road train license. They don't have road trains in America or in Europe and stuff. So if I do that, I'm already it's already exciting that I'm the blonde trucky. Yeah. And then if I'm blonde road train driver, yeah. it's the next level. It's next up. level. And being yeah. Australian too, they love Australians. So like, oh, with, yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. crazy with the social media. You can even like I've even because I do so much of it now. Now I know, like, you know, I take photos with a Peterbilt. I'll get tons of followers and uh, Americans love it. Kenworth, you'll still get followers, but it's, like, the more Australian-based. So it's funny to see the brands. Yeah, okay, yeah, right. You wouldn't even think about yeah, that hey, shit. Yeah, hey. and even, uh, I don't know if you've noticed how a lot of time I do smile selfies with my hand photo, my hand in the photo. It's because if I don't do that, then you, I don't end up getting as much reach and followers and stuff. So Why is that? It's just, um, just goes with the algorithm. It's sort of the hand it's weird. in the photo. Yeah, like so. If yeah, I have right. my hand tattoo in it and like okay. I, I smile a certain way and everything, um, my page went through a phase where I was just getting followers constantly. Like I could upload the same style photo, just dress different each day, but the same kind. Yeah, and. It just kept going with reach, and yeah, that's right. what people wanted for a while. So you've got the algorithm down to a science. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's yeah. crazy to sick. see. We're like we're very repetitive people, and we like to look at things. When we like to look at something, we don't even realize we like to look at the same thing but yeah. slightly different. Yeah. yeah, that just blows my mind that um, the hand thing is what it is. Is like well, you've narrowed yeah. it down to that. That's well, so if you think about it though, like you've seen over the course of however many years. The sneaky hand is like a thing in like nearly every girl's photo ever. So clearly, that's just become like something that the algorithm has picked up yeah. on. Yeah, true. Well, see, like but if every I don't girl's do it with my the... tattoo, it's not as. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. so maybe it's about something to do Because I tried it for a while with it like that. So yeah. it, it, it sort of becomes what you become a cut like. So I'm tattooed truck driver and like pageant things and stuff. So yeah. that's what it puts you in that category. And like it's, that's crazy. It, so yeah. I've like, so when I had the time where I broke my leg and I was in like the house for so long. I got so deep into studying it all and, yeah, yeah like it, it's crazy. And yeah, it's crazy now that I sit inside and that's what makes my money. So I'm still going to – I still truck drive and I'm still going to drive more but I actually just get to enjoy it and, yeah, yeah don't even need so it. Yeah, that's so good. So this is the thing. So we had a guest on um, 
two weeks ago, um, Mel, who had a skydiving accident, right? So um, she, yeah, like her parachute basically collapsed about three stories from the floor. She basically broke every bone in her body from the waist down. And so like similar to like obviously you with like fucking your leg up so bad <laughs> that you couldn't go back to your line of work. Whereas like her thing was like, it gave her a whole different approach. Like she was such a fucking like mindless workaholic before where she wasn't making time for herself. And after having that accident, even though she's struggling with certain things, like I'm sure you are with your leg, but she's her outlook on things is way different and her appreciation yep. for things are way different. It's funny and you say that. I guess that's that. the same for you as well. You've yep. broken your leg and you've faced the 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 reality of what if I can't do the thing that I fucking love doing with like driving a truck full time, which is what I've fucking gotten into. And the horses as well. Yep. Yeah, and now you've had to like really look hard. at other avenues that you've ended up finding out are fucking awesome anyway, which may have not ever happened if you hadn't broken. Well, that's what I mean. That's what I, I say to people. I said breaking my leg was the best, worst thing that ever happened to me. I said I had like uh, the most mental breakdowns ever and like I lost a few, like, you know, I lost my home a horse and uh, found heaps more out about dad and everything. So I kind of had like a big mental hell time. But then... In that time, it made me like because I wasn't in the truck 10, 12 hours a day and I wasn't working two, three horses every morning. Yeah. I could sit on my phone and instead of just chatting to friends, I was actually trying to build my brand on Facebook more and just looking for followers. And I literally started the OnlyFans through. Um, so even with everything with me is people don't th even realize that I probably do it. It's very business wise. I look at people that uh, how many followers they've got and depending on how many followers they've got is roughly like how much chance you've got of getting in contact with them if you've got similar. Yeah, yeah, of course. And, yeah. It's and like yeah. that with music as well. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. so you share like so sometimes you'll reshare their stuff and they might notice you and they might not and um, sometimes they'll reply. So there was a girl in America and I kept sharing her photos just basically trying to get her attention to do a share for share and then she ended up freaking out about me driving trucks. And, and said, oh, why don't you get on the OnlyFans? And I said, oh, I don't do porn, you know, and don't really do any, like, full nude. And she goes, oh, you don't have to do any of that. I was like, oh, get out, I'll give it a go. And then gave it a go and, like, the first month was, you know, a few thousand dollars and I was like, oh, wow, like. That's really cool. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And then the next month was, like, you know, seven to 10,000 and American as well. Yeah, so nice. It's a bit more when it gets to here. So, do you do like blog, like vlog kind of content, like in a truck, or what? What do you What do you do? Um, it's still so it's like my Instagram, but sexier. So I break it down on the feed. It'll be you know sexier poses, or like I don't still I might like I still don't show anything. I censor on the feed, but then in the DMs, like the most I'll do is topless. Yeah. Um, but especially when you look how I look, I say I laugh. I say I look like a stripper anyway most of the time. Like, <laughs> so it's not very hard. Like I put a lot of effort into uh, different outfits, different lingerie um, and I try and do a lot of uh, – as long as I do heaps of truck content, they yeah, love it. that's right. So a lot of my base is, you know, guys in trucks and they're bored and even they, sometimes even they just sign up so they've got someone to chat to because they're away for so long. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, so you interact with fans – on the OnlyFans app, do you? Yes, yeah, so I oh, reply right. to every. Okay. So that's the other like thing that brings them in is like I don't reply to people on Instagram unless it's business. Yeah. But if you want to generally chit chat to me, I'll chit chat to you every single day if you're on the OnlyFans. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cool. So it's a bit more personal. Um, and then like. Which again, if they're gonna fucking fork out money, you're like, well, yeah, that's yeah, it. yeah um, that's it. But if they're just hitting you up in your fucking DMs and Instagram, like, show me your fucking tits. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you just like, come on, you gotta pay for it. That's like, it. Yeah, that's right. And generally, when the same they, thing. when generally when they pay for it, they don't want to ever risk getting kicked off of the site. Yeah. Oh, so, so then they're being more fucking. 
God, I'm learning so much. Yeah, yeah. No, right. And it- <laughs> that wasn't a bad one. I'll give it that. That, that was, was all right. That, that had very, some sting to it. That was very good. I mean, and the only fans is, um, as you can tell from my horse riding, I have a very competitive side, and that's yeah. and that's what it was good about not working. Is all my obsessive compulsive went into yeah. getting all this going. So there's even a subculture on Telegram where you have to, because um, you can't message about OnlyFans on Instagram because even if you write, I don't know if you've ever seen how girls write only schmans or OnlyFans or they yeah. write it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Instagram will shadow ban your post if you have anything to do with OnlyFans and the same as in your stories. Yeah, yeah. So there's now groups on Telegram that you go deep in and find girls to share with. Yeah. So it is now almost like a full-time like job to do. Yeah. So I just hammered into that and, um, yeah, now I'm like, I still don't understand how we got here. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. But it's like, again, it's good because you, especially when you look at, and I want to ask you more about the horse stuff in a second, but like, the two main things that you were focusing all your time with were basically ripped away from, and and obviously you were doing the modeling stuff. So you broke your leg when you were modeling, yeah. right? So then that stopped that for the time being. Then you weren't able to drive for a while and then not full time. And then you also weren't able to do anywhere near the same amount you were doing the horses. So if you didn't have something, as you said, you went through a very rough time, but finding something to channel that energy into yeah. could have been a very big like saving grace for you because otherwise you would have been like fucking – going even more crazy than well, what you it. were, right? And that, well, that's that's literally what it was, was I just, I, ch- I channeled it all into that and then like, and that's why I know, like that's how I ended up figuring out, like because Instagram, they want, you, they want you to post every day. They want you to do it at a certain time because you can't post too much because then they'll count you as spam. So when do they, so, when when have you narrowed down for you, it, what time do you post Um, So ideally if I was really going to be onto it, which I've got to start doing, you'd post morning and night, but it's like the 6, like 5, 6 a.m., 5, 6 p.m. So it's okay. you go more with when the Americans would be waking up and doing the same as – and in Australia it's a lot of tradies, so it's their morning. But like around the lunchtime is kind of like a dead zone and then, yes, more evening or morning. So I find for me, you know, around 9 for the evening and about 6 in the morning for morning posts. Yeah, okay. So do you schedule them or do you actually wake up at 6? I've got to start – I just do posts once a day at the moment but I'm going to start scheduling more because I've got four other sub accounts that I'm going to dedicate to like the horses and then – Cool. Because I'm going to start backdating all my photos so then you got more, you know, expansion of hashtags that'll be in yeah, yeah, spam yeah. everything a bit more. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. so I want, as I said, I wanted to talk more about the horses. And there's a and there's a big fan of this podcast who I've never talked to you about that we both know, and she's gonna be very excited. She has no idea you're coming on tonight, Andrea Croxton or whatever it is. You oh, know yeah, her? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So she loves the podcast, and I've seen you guys like tagging each yeah, other yeah, in yeah. the um, in the horse stuff. So how the fuck? Did that all start and, like, tell us more about that because I know nothing about that stuff at all and, like, I'm pretty interested. Oh, well, so. Andrea, I actually know through well through the horse shows that I do now. Yeah. And um, when I bought my bay horse, well, my mum bought a horse for me for my 21st. When we bought him, uh, the horse show people thought we were insane but the first show we went to, Andrea said, oh, I love um, your new Jack. Um, I, I can see great things for him. And everyone else didn't really think much and she actually loved him. And then he ended up being like three times overall performance horse of Australia and won everything yeah, everywhere. Wow. So, yeah. <laughs> That's killer. So uh, every time someone says, oh, that horse no good, I'm like, I'll make it good and I make it yep. good. And yeah. I, everything. Yep. But um, uh, so it actually started when I was younger. My mum, so my mum, she rode horses a little bit when she was younger but didn't really have them and then like under like 10 young. And then she took me for like a pony ride one time and I liked it. So my mum went, my mum's got more obsessive compulsive than me. She went nuts and my friend said to her, like her friend said, oh, bring her to a show, get her a little outfit and we'll just do the class where you lead the kids around. 
So mum went crazy, bought everything and then took me to the show and then like a week later bought me my first pony. Like, oh, wow. That's so, so, so she started yeah. from that. Yeah, and then because back when mum and dad were together, they were together till I was about five, they obviously lived like, you know, a bit more of the high life and mum kept buying more ponies. So we adjusted them at the time and one time um, like mum had basically said to dad, oh, I just need one pony, one saddle and a blanket and then he was walking down like the stables and like, oh, this one's cute. And mum's like, that's blazers. And he's like, oh, what about this one? That's cute. And she goes, that's blazers. And she goes, oh, and that one, that one, that one, that one, and that one are blazers as well. She'd bought nine. <laughs> oh, bought nine horses. <laughs> yeah. And then st- as I got older, still to this day, she, um, she'll, she like, say to me, oh, you and your damn horses, blah, 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 like gets at me all the time. And then, like, oh, like four years ago I had an epiphany and I went, oh, when I was young, there's no way this two-year-old, three-year-old child I had control over how getting nine ponies. Like, yeah, that's even, right. no, no matter the amount of tantrums in the world gets you that many ponies. Not getting that many. Yeah, yeah, yeah you get it. one for a tantrum. And I had like, and I only rode like the one and like, so yeah, and then as I've gotten older, we've always had copious amounts of horses because we, we get them and then we just keep them. So we yeah. had to sell a lot of the ponies around the time dad went missing and then we and we had to go and you outgrow them and that. So then we went to the big ones and now we hoard the big ones until they die. And, um, yeah, but then the other day um, we uh, sold something and that and I was like, oh, baby horse. And I bought the thing and then I said I'm to, to come and said, I am my mother. I said, I just yelled at her for the last 12 months about how we're not having yeah. any more horses and I said, now she's just made me a mini demon of herself. <laughs> <laughs> and you get home there's eight more. Yeah, that's what it is. Where so the now, fuck like, did they come from? Yeah, and I was like, damn it, my whole life is going to be like, well, that's why I, like, I mean, that's how I ended up falling into the trucking was I wanted more, I was working at like on the run servos. I've always worked so much to, to make my, do my horse riding hobby. Yeah. So everyone's like, oh, how do you, you know, how have you always do the horses? And I said, I work my guts out. Like, so I st- was on the run servos, you know, trying to earn as much as I could doing shifts everywhere. Then I started- And getting probably undercut pay because they're all a bunch of yeah, dodgy Yeah, I started on $7 an hour, I reckon, Fuck when I first started. It. And what year would that would have been? Because Oh, like 09 or something? Yeah, see, I started... And so, and I started at HJ's at seven dollars, and that's in two thousand and fucking four. So that's oh, how much that shit. on the run are. So my partner's mum works for on the run now. Yeah, and so like they found out um, how much the like she's found out through working through them how many former staff are like taking them to fucking court and everything now because they like were fucking yeah, everyone. I, I wanted to look. I was thinking of looking into that because yeah, what they used to do is they make used to sign up for like traineeships. So then they could pay you as like an apprentice. So if you were younger, you just got done in for like what you were getting paid. Yeah. So then, yeah, I went, a friend, my friend Cindy said, oh, um, her, her and her partner actually, he does the drone way and they drive two up to um, Perth every week. Yeah. So he was a truck driver at the time and she said, oh, I wash, I'm washing trucks, you know, come wash trucks me during the day. Sort of did that, started moving around the yard. I was absolutely shocking at it. And then I thought it was the coolest thing ever. So we eventually got our license. But then once I got my license, it took me about a year before I could actually get a start. Yeah. And then when I got a start, just went gung ho and sort of did, yeah, like the, like basically 10 hours was the minimum. And then, yeah, up to 13 was the maximum you're allowed to do. Yeah. So yeah, did you mean tri- one single trip? Um, just all day around, oh, like so day, local. Yeah, okay. So yeah, just yeah. constantly yeah. going yeah. everywhere for, yeah, 10 to 12 hours. So. So you were saying that, did you struggle to get a start? Did you think that was because you were a woman trying to get into oh, it? Oh, yeah, de- it definitely yeah. was. So it was yeah, right. it was um, being a woman, being under 25. Um, so in truck driving, if you're under 25, the insurance is ridiculous. Yeah. Then also if you don't have over two years' experience, your insurance is ridiculous again. Then I also looked like a girl 
like so girly. Like yeah, you know, yeah, even when yeah. I tried to try and not look girly, but then I had to present myself nice. Yeah. So sometimes even when I'd ring up to apply for places, they'd even get me in. Like they would have already filled the job, but they got me in for an interview out of pure curiosity. Because why bring me in for an interview? Waste my time when it's already full. Yeah. Like, but and some of them even said to me, I was curious to see, like, meet you because we've never had such a young girl ring up asking to. And I was like, oh, okay. And that's so, all they did. They just got you in for an interview. That's yeah, it. like I went in for heaps and what like. Fuck, that's toy. Yeah, it was almost like a like because it was almost like they sort of didn't believe me. And yeah, then, okay. Yeah, so then I kept trying it. So they thought you're taking the piss, so they've almost tried to take the piss back out yeah. of you and made you come in for an interview, then gone, oh, she's serious, yeah, sorry, we're full. Yeah, like they said, like I think oh. they didn't think like I actually wanted to do it because I was only like 18 or something and then... Um, that is real young to yeah. be trying to get in. Even if you weren't a female, like obviously they'd probably like... Being yeah. 18 and trying to get yeah, into it was yeah. always going to be probably a bit of a Were they like battle. big trucks from the style or did you start on like heavy ridge? No, or? I went straight to semi. So yeah, okay. I learned to drive a road ranger with their like all the gears before I learned to drive a car manual. Yeah. So I could only drive semis or a car automatic. I couldn't drive anything. No shit. Had <laughs> That's so odd. Yeah. So like, I'm just going to skip a lot of the fucking yeah. shit in between. I, I can do 18 yeah. but I can't do 6. Yeah, so yeah. Like. Was like, and that's what it was like. And like that one time they're like, can you go on the little trucks? And I didn't want to go on the little trucks anyway because in the truck world – you know, there's there's your like your rigid trucks, and then there's the semi trucks, and the semi truck people don't like the rigid truck drivers, and oh, there's all yeah, your little wars. That politics. Yeah, so like bullshit. I'm like I'm not driving like the rigid. <laughs> I'm not a nerd. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry yeah, to everyone that drive rigids. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to get some hate mail in the fucking yeah, yeah. no, so Tell like, that bitch. It's the yeah. medium rigid union. They're coming in. Yeah, they're, they're, they're all going to come out like, but we're going to do more drops than you in a day. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm bigger and cooler. Like, same as like, and there's a war between semi-truck drivers, like semi-truck drivers and road truck drivers, but they group together to go against the dump truck drivers in the mines. Because they think <laughs> Jesus that they're, Christ. yeah, because they think because theirs is bigger that they're better, but they're, they're automatic and they drive backwards and forwards. So they don't actually like. So they may have be to bigger, do but difficult, and you only yeah. have to have a heavy rigid license. So they're technically a rigid. <laughs> <laughs> so the rigid, so the rigid have, have simultaneously the smallest and the largest trucks. Yeah. Yeah, but it's turf wars, the but they don't, turf they don't compare to the semi <laughs> and the road train compare. drivers. If I ever see one on the side of the road, I go fucking throw my tag on the side. <laughs> yeah. of the road. Fuck them. Yeah, he just start, all the semis start swide, side swiping the rigids yeah. everywhere. <laughs> Um, have you ever had any accidents on the road? I had someone drive straight into the side of me one time. Like, um, so I drove for Woolworths and I don't know if you – so I'm going to say to people, whenever you're at Woolworths and you just look at their docks and imagine a semi trying to get into most of them. Most of them you'd look at and most people would get edgy putting their car in them. And so – and some of them you'd have to drive through car parks and everything. When I went to the Glenelg one, it's like um, down – whatever, Jetty's Road. Oh, like down that Rose Street, oh, that yeah. tiny little street. Yeah, yeah I so know the one. So it's down there yeah, and the you one. reverse in, then you have to manually pallet jack everything off and that sucks because everything's too heavy for me because I'm a small girl. Like I, so I'm all about. Do they not well, have forklifts? Uh, no, because some, some of them are on docks, but then because some of the stores are so small, you just back into an area, pallet jack it out of right. the trailer, then they lift it with like one of those walkie yep. ones. Yep. Yeah, so um, it's. Yeah, that, that's what's weird about it is I said, I, like, people keep saying to me, oh, truck driving is easy. And then I kept doing it. And I was like, why do I got all these hard jobs? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and because, like, that's why I say, you know, women can do anything men can do to an extent. Like, we're physically limited. So, yeah, but yeah. you'd always get the males that go, oh, yeah, you should be able to do that. Make a pallet jack a ton. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Pinned, pinned against the wall. Yeah. But yeah, I went in there and um, when I come out, there was like a turning lane, two lanes, and then another turning lane on the other side. And so the, um, Two lanes of traffic that were like actually 
moving. I was like, you know, three and then went into sort of four. They'd stopped so then I could come out. I've come out but a guy's driven up the like medium strip thing to like go around waiting in the traffic so he couldn't be fucked and drove straight in the side of my truck. So I just felt like a bit of a rock. Yeah. And I was like, what's like that? I looked back and there's like a car there but then he wouldn't move his car until the oh, cops what? got there. So we blocked up the whole main oh road my thing. God. Like my truck's parked across the road. I'll, I'll, I was go, I'm going through old photos, old photos at the moment so I'll find them eventually. And, yeah, and he just he wouldn't, wouldn't move. I said, at least let me get my truck off the side, like off the road. But, yeah, I haven't had, like, nothing too crazy, touch wood. Yeah, But just, it. yeah, little things like that. And then, yeah, my friends had a couple where, um, like, a car sort of hit him and then spun off into the side of the railing. So just little yep. ones around. But then I've got other mates that have done, you know, had ones where they've been flung out of the cab and the truck's fallen on them. And Shit. Fuck, dude, so, that's yeah, crazy. And uh, suicide, people walking in front of trucks. Yeah. Like, yeah. I can imagine nothing. on long interstate things you'd probably get that. Yeah, well, when I went through Mildura one time, there was a guy on the radio and he called up and he said, oh, any trucks coming through? Um, Mildura, uh, this and this intersection, there's a girl trying to run in front of trucks coming through to kill herself. Right. So I was like, are you going to, like, you're not only going to worry about <clears throat> every person on the, like, because when you're in a truck, you can see so far ahead. But, <clears throat> sorry, my throat. It's kind of because you've got to, because if the person five cars in front breaks, you need to know by the time they've broke yep. that this person's going to panic break. So you start slowing down, and then you're going to watch everyone pulling out. Like, I've had people cut me off the lights and then I've hit the brakes that hard, the cab's like hit the front of the floor and bounce back up. Oh, shit. Right, wow. so, yeah, yeah, people just don't respect trucks. No. no they don't. Oh, and one time a rigid, a rigid truck. A rigid truck. <laughs> Fucking dogs. These bloody rigid. I was sitting in the traffic lights, minding my own business and I always have a little earpiece in so I'm on my phone to my friend for like 12 hours. And then um, he drove, went flying past and smashed my side mirror off and scared oh, the shit out if. of me. Like I nearly jumped out of the other side of the truck. <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah, fuck. That, that would be would scary. That, yeah, because they're not fucking small mirrors either. So no, it's like this is massive, right, two-foot is, thing. It's shattered. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and I stream like a little girl because I still do like the girly things like a like a bee or a bug will come near me. I'll be whining trailer legs covered in grease. And, oh! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How's this for fucking hectic talking about like people throwing themselves in front of trucks and that? This is not the same. But my dad was a tram conductor and used to be a bus driver. But before he did buses, he was a, a tram conductor. He hit a cop. A cop car was parked over a tram line when it was not meant to be there. He hit the driver's side, killed the passenger. Then the cops, obviously, because they're fucking cops, tried to like get my dad for fucking manslaughter. Yeah. When like he, and then he had to prove luckily based on the very limited fucking CCTV in the eighties um, that he was right away. Like he obviously can't stop a fucking tram. Yeah, How does a tram seconds. not have right of way? Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> you know yeah, but it's because it, it's the it, fucking it can't cops. fucking turn, bro. It's and like then it's... he went through all of that shit, which is pretty fucking like psychologically fucking. Yeah. Well, yeah. If you yeah. And then he up. was doing the last run of the night where it stops it goes to Glenelg and then it goes back to fucking wherever the tram depot is. Yeah. And there was a drunk guy passed out on the tram. Um, and so he has to do the whole check the cab thing before you drive it back to the depot yeah. and do all your paperwork. So he has grabbed this drunk fucker off the tram, laid him down on those benches in Glenelg, got yeah. back on his tram, did his paperwork, taken off, heard a noise, looked down and there's a fucking dude cut in half. Oh, oh my God. Tram dude. Thing. And then same thing again. Had to go through the whole, obviously, like, you know, making sure he did the fucking right thing or whatever. So what, did he oh, purposely yeah. do that or did he was he just drunk? And he, like, who fall? knows? Again, you don't know because the, the dude's fucking cut in half for starters. Yeah. Yeah. So he can't really tell you. Well, um, but And again, you don't have cameras everywhere to know whether he stumbled or, you know what I mean? All, yeah. all, all dad knows is that he's got to report that there's a fucking... 
man in half, half a body fucking next to the tram. So, oh, um, yeah, so he's a fucking murderer. The old <laughs> <guy>. <laughs> he's, he's, got, he's got a body count. He's fucking. got a fucking. Hey, how many is it until you're a serial killer? Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I think one more. I think literally one more. It goes, three. It goes like, location and similar yeah. styles. It goes like the Clinton family and then my dad. Then your dad. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, 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 the number yeah. of people that have been killed. Fucking hell. In questionable circumstances. <laughs> yeah. I oh, know, even with that guy that drove in the side of my truck, the cop said to me, because in the. It's like trucks over right away and you're allowed to take as many lanes as you need to take a corner. So technically I was in the right but then technically I was in the wrong because I've gone over more than two lanes of traffic, he reckons. So then I got the caution and the other guy got nothing even though he drove over the half a medium strip to get there. Fucking hell. <laughs> fucking medium strip See, and you got the caution. That's the problem with the law is like even though logically it makes sense in court and shit like that, it just doesn't sometimes. No. Yeah. It doesn't. It's fucking odd. Yeah. It so really I just like, I said, as long as I don't know these points, I don't really get a fine. I said, oh, I don't care. <laughs> um, so we we talked about it slightly before we, we came on air but I think it's a story worth telling. Um, on the podcast as well because you recently had a near-death experience yourself oh, yeah. in a fucking truck. Um, so talk us through uh, what we call it, Bananarama. Bananarama. Uh, Bananarama. Bananarama. That is a good thing. That's what I'm going to call it for my YouTube video. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, truck, and, truck, and banana, truck and Bananarama. Well, because I kind of – I saw the live updates almost that like – Banana roaming were, around Australia. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> banana roaming. That's amazing. Banana roaming. Yeah, banana um, roaming. Yeah. So – so you've eaten bananas your whole life, right? Or is it like this wasn't a once-off? When was yeah. the last time you'd eaten a banana before this banana that we're oh, about to? Oh, only like like anywhere between three, like maybe three to six months, and that might even be like over exaggerated. Over exaggerated. Like, that's yeah. not a long time in terms of like you know. We're not something considering that, I used to eat them every day you. for breakfast. Yeah. So yeah. like I had like years where I had them every day, but so I've it's been weird. Like my whole life, I have so, certain things that make my mouth weird. So yeah. I, I think, and I kept trying to think back. I was like, did bananas do that or not? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I can't remember, but they, yeah, they. I used to eat them fine. <laughs> <laughs> and now you just. So hold on, up. it wasn't a rigid driver that gave you the banana by any chance. No, it was, <laughs> nah, luckily it was it was a truck stop. So <laughs> I, and I trust truck stop food with my life. It's yeah, well, always, you, have, you like, fucking have to. Yeah, yeah have to, it's always it. normally good. Like normally it has the best food. So we were so it, so the whole trip is so being especially being a, well even just being me, I'm always pretty scared of like everything. Even if it's something I enjoy, like my whole life is driven. Well, it's probably actually that I've only just really admitted to myself in the last 12 months I've got high-functioning anxiety. Yeah. So I've probably actually yeah. really been anxious but I just think I'm scared of everything. Yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> so like I was like, yeah, all right, I'm going to – so I had a, a truck company. Um, uh, there's a trucker babe show in Germany and it's all obviously truck driving women and it's like our outback truckers but only girls. Yeah. But there's nowhere really that does – nowhere else really does trucking like we do here, all the outback stuff and – Things like that. So um, they contacted me and said, look, can you get a trip to for us to video and we want an interstate one. And I was like, all right. So I ended up getting my friend John and he said I could do this trip up to Sydney. And we filmed all the way there and it was all great. Um, it was all pain in the butt with COVID. So we had to have two, like, film crews. One met at the border and the other one met at the other side. Oh, really? Yeah. So yeah, one right. guy had to drive, like, eight hours to get to me. But, um, yeah, so then we went on there and got when I got to Sydney... Um, I stayed in there for like three days, see my stepdad, it was all good and then I was meant to just go home and um, then my boss rang me and he goes, oh, do you want to go to Serena in Queensland? And a part of me was like, no, nah, you should just go home, you've been away for a while. And the other half of me is like, no, nah, stop being a little bitch. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, try you know, it out, see yeah, how it you goes. Yeah, you want to go long haul, you've been inside for so long, like you've got like anxiety with being in the house because of the stupid leg. Yeah. So I was like, fuck it, I'll go. I'm like, I'm a, like, I'm a badass doing yeah, this. Like, and it. I loved living in the truck. So... Off I went, I'm a merry way. They've put this big oversized house on me. I'm going, fuck, I don't know what I'm going to do to strap that down. The boys were like, oh, we'll get it. I'm like, oh, thank God, cool. I, re- I know I look useless, but I am at the moment. 
And like I've had like I had like you think I go have about a year off of truck driving because of or a year and a half trucking because of my leg. Yeah, no, that's so, a long time. Yeah, so this yeah. was my first trip back. So I've like stuff up driving to Sydney. Now I'm going to Serena, and Serena is like it was like another two days. It was like sixteen or twenty hours or something. So. And you can only drive. So hold on, day. this whole event that we're about to talk about happened on your first proper fucking trip back after having a year and a yeah, half. Yeah. So off. everyone said you need to go back outside, and I was like, Nah, you get hurt out there. And then I went outside and nearly fucking died. Oh fuck! <laughs> so now it's now like, you staying in on OnlyFans. Yeah, and everything yeah, yeah, no, like, no, fuck this. I'm staying on the property where it's safe. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, and like, well, I'll tell it. Like the whole story is like a roller coaster. Like I can't wait to do the videos about it. Even one of my horses nearly died on the trip. Like, oh, <laughs> fucking hell. Well, did, did, did he eat a banana as well? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, was like, I was like, what the hell's going on here? So I got this oversized truck on and I'm travelling with four other guys and they were so fucking funny. They were like the blokiest, truckiest. They were having Barbies on the side of the road. And oh, were, nice. It was yeah. wicked. So I'm like, cool, I don't have to do this scary trip by myself. I've got no idea where I'm going. They are all good, made sure I knew where I was. Then I'm like, I bought the bag of food because I filled my fridge because I didn't know where we'll stay and what we're doing. And the truck has a fridge, microwave, you can live out of it. Yeah. And um, bloody, then I was like, do I, I was getting along and I was getting tired and I was like, oh, do I have a no-dose or do I have the banana? And I was going to have the no-dose and I was like, nah, fuck it, I'll have the banana. I ate the banana and I'm going along and like back of my tongue felt kind of weird and I was like, oh, no, that's all right, like whatever. And then like my eyes started getting itchy, but I had those fake lashes on, the individual oh, okay. ones. So I just sort of had one of them in there. So I'm putting like my banana fingers all in my eyes oh, and, and stuff no. like that. And then my, I did that with a chili last week, yeah. eh? <laughs> well, then my whole body got itchy and a rash and everything. Dude. And like so, so we stopped at one stop or when my eye was itchy and I was saying to the guys, I'm like, fuck, my eyes itchy. Went in the bathrooms, was rinsing my face, but it was making it worse because it was putting more on there. Yeah. So then I got back in the truck and where we were was like in the middle of literally – Bumfuck nowhere, Queensland. So where we were driving from, I think it was called Mooney or something, and we were going to on the way to Condamine or something. And so yeah. I had to, in between there was like 45 minutes to an hour or something. So about halfway through that it started to get worse. My whole body's getting bigger. Yeah. My whole face blew up. Like, I mean, I've had my lips done now, but they were bigger than this. They were like this. Yeah, right. And everything. And then I'm right, I didn't want to seem like I have a real thing with not seeming like a little bitch. Yeah, okay. So I, I radioed the guys and I was like, so I'm, I won't do anything till I'm near death. And I said to the real <laughs> <laughs> guy. Your throat's closing over. Yeah. You're, like, you're like fucking elephant man in the fucking cab yeah. of the truck. And you're well, like, my, oh, my oh, there might be a little up. slight concern here. Yeah. yeah. Well, they radioed and I said, look, I think I'm having a reaction. And they're like, oh, oh, what do you mean? And I started telling them. But then as I started talking to them, I thought I'd go like death and thought yeah, like that okay. and my tongue got bigger and we had no reception. So then one of the guys, I was trying to keep calm, and one of the guys goes over the radio, oh, has anyone got any phone reception? And as soon as he said that, I knew he was trying to call an ambulance. So I was like, fuck this, I'm calling one. And I got a hold of it. They were half an hour away from the town that I was 20 minutes, half an hour away wow, from. Oh, wow. So I've had to boot up the truck as fast as it'll go, swing out around the guys, hope my throat doesn't close over while I'm going like 100 down the freeway. Yeah. Single lanes, just shit road and yeah. just trees on the side. So all I'm looking at all the trees going, I'm probably just going to end up in one of these and this is it, I'm going to die. God and, damn, that's fucking crazy. Yeah, like and like I keep like underestimating how intense it was because I was trying to keep myself so calm but then I didn't realise that when you have like an anaphylactic it sends your heart into like war failure. Yeah. So I was like that's why I kept kind of calm because I was dying. Like, yeah, 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 legit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so got to the town, parked the truck up, got into the pub. They didn't have any like first aid or anything for that. So it was just like literally a town with just a pub in it. Oh. And then um, the ambulance got there. They whacked me straight in on the bed, give me an adrenaline shot, and then that boosted me a little bit up. One of the guys got my little pink handbag out of the truck and brought over for me. 
and I had to lock that up and lucky the pub people like nice country people so they looked after that. Then I had to go half an hour to the hospital so I'm now, you know, half away, half hour away from the truck in the middle of nowhere. The other guys have had to keep going. So I've spent the night in the hospital. I had another shot of adrenaline, two shots of steroids, two shots of Fuck, so you really got fucked up. Yeah, like my whole body was a rash and everything. And then because um, I have uh, – then they had – because I have anxiety anyway, they gave me the two shots of adrenaline. So I'm having a panic attack. I'm crying. Yeah. Nurses like hugging me. And I'm like, oh, I'm gonna, am I going to die? And then I felt like – I was like, oh, my God, I'm such a loser. I can't even do the truck trip. <laughs> She goes, yeah. you couldn't have helped this. I was like, no. I thought I'm the only girl there and I'm yeah. the one that ends it's up in hospital. Prove, like, yeah, all the poor nice. boys didn't get in hospital and here I am. So then um, it ended up working out all right because the boys got delayed up in Queensland. It sucked because I missed a night being able to get on the piss with them but yeah. I, got, got to I got to catch up with them. So I drove six hours, met up with them and then, yeah, we had to spend the day there like loading trucks, all this other really shitty oversized yeah, stuff. Okay. So then on the way back I had oversized where you have to have a pilot car. So I had oh, the right. little flashing okay. car. Oh, yeah, the little cars are running. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. that was pretty cool. So everywhere you go, everyone has to pull over and you just drive along. You go you're right like, away. Yeah, fuck you, dog. Yeah, yeah, get out of the way. Yeah. Drive everywhere and you're like, no, nah, fuck off, I can hit all the cars at once. <laughs> <laughs> so you had a house. You yeah, a house so it was like a transportable room thing. It was yeah. going to some raft, uh, like a raft kind of base thing yeah, or okay. something. And um, so where I actually had to stay – Get this. So this was the other part of the adventure. So I've just come out of hospital, scared that I'm gonna don't know really what's giving me the reaction. So I'm scared I'm gonna die. I've gone down this road. I was only meant to park at the start. I've gone too far. I'm driving down. It's gone dirt. I've gone over a cattle grate, more cattle grates, tiny as bridges. There's nothing but trees and dirt. Nowhere to turn around. And I've gone shit. I am going the wrong way. I've rung the guy and I've like the drop pin you give me because he had an iPhone over Samsung. It stuffed up where the drop pin went. Oh fucking oh, iPhones, dude! Yeah, everything was just fucking. Yeah, so it so on. just quickly when you because you were saying like you did, did you think banana or is that only now after the whole event that you've kind of like retraced your steps and thought banana? No, I'd only had banana. That's all I'd had. So all that's day. You, that's how you were able to kind of know that's what's narrow it down. Yeah. Because I had nothing else. Um, Should have had a fucking no-dose. Oh, that's what I said. I said yeah. every time I do anything that's meant to better my life, it fucks it up. So yeah, I'm just going to stay like Just doing get fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> so every time I do like, oh, yeah, it's because I was like, oh, yeah, I'll be healthy. I have the natural energy. And nah. I nearly died. No natural energy. So no-dose did... wasn't going to do that. Yeah. No, that's it. Oh, no-dose would have been fucking pinging fine. in the fucking thing. <laughs> yeah. Little sparks on the fucking <laughs> yeah, on the truck radio. Yeah, Fuck. So all I did was eat like McDonald's on the way back and stuff because I knew that like I know that 100% I'm not allergic to that. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> they bring out the new Mc, McBanana burger. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm like. So now I, I fucking love banana bread. I yeah, used to be a fucking fiend. Rocks, man. For, I'm going to try. That's one thing I am going to try and see. But if it yeah. just gives me like the tangy mouth, I'll be right. able to deal with like that. Like we were saying before, yeah. stand out the front of the Lyle Mac with banana bread. Yeah, yeah. banana bread and a banana. Like, yeah. like, do it two days in a row. Why does this yeah. girl keep eating banana different things in our house? Like around, not in our house. In our house. <laughs> at the Lyle Mac. Yeah, instead of being a crackhead. At the front of the Lyle. That's fucking great. That so, is great. Well, yeah. Maybe I won't go to the Lyle. They did, they did do a number on my legs. So maybe I might, you know, yeah. switch to the old RAH or something. Yeah, try somewhere else. See how they go. You're not the only person who has some sort of fucking Lowell Mac fucking something up story. They, they yeah, seem to be able to butcher a fair few things. That's why I feel bad even saying it, but to be honest, like who's come out of the Lowell Mac better? <laughs> it's just, it's such a fucking, like see, all of my, any family member that I've had that's passed away has been in the fucking Lowell. So like I just hate oh, really? that place inherently because I've just like uh, had to go in there for the obligatory like yeah. this person's about to die, say goodbye kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so and it's just even though people go to hospitals, it is a pretty fucking. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. that's just the one though. Like that's the one where everyone. Yeah. So other people have gone to hospital for things in like you know 
or you know if kids are having uh, mates are having kids or whatever. Yeah. So you go to the women's and children's, or I've been to like the Flinders for like an auntie who had a heart attack, but she was okay. Yeah, but like yeah. anyone who's fucking died is at the Lowell Mac. I've only had yeah. one yeah. other relative die, and that was at the Repat Hospital, and that fucking closed down. <laughs> you're like, so I don't have to worry gone. about going there anymore. Well, that's like me with phones. I have a real thing with um. I used to not well, until I broke my leg. Then I um started to actually teach myself to do it, but I used to not be able to um like missed calls that I didn't know who the number was or things like that because of um, dad, like the stuff with dad. But then um, when mum almost burnt in the fires, she rang me and said goodbye. So then that was another thing that hyped up the sensitivity oh, of the phone. Fuck. And then with our step, my stepdad, um, I'm going to call when he's – and same sort of thing. And then we spent two weeks with him – I can't remember if it was a week or two weeks uh, – with him in a coma not waking up. And so then every day we got a phone call, it was like, oh, is he going to wake or not? So now it's reinforced that skittiness with the phone. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's how poor old Carmen had to put up with me being like a basket case with when if he wouldn't reply, I'm like freaking out. <laughs> yeah. Well, I had the same thing. My, when my pop passed away, I was the one who woke up to mum's phone ringing in the morning at like 4 o'clock in the morning. My uncle was ringing her to tell her that their dad had just passed away and I was the one who answered the phone. And, like, my uncle was, like, someone who I just, like, idolised and, like, answering the phone and hearing him obviously crying and, you know, I'm, like, probably nine at the time or something. So, like, and he's just this big, strong, like, you know, footy basketball player. So hearing him crying and then obviously, you know, I hand the phone to mum and she starts crying. And I was like, you need to get a new phone because when that phone rings now, it fucking freaks me the fuck out. Even at, like, nine or ten, I was like, I don't like that now after that phone call. It's so weird how that like that can cause like a trigger thing well, it's when like a you've PTSD had that. thing because that's what people yeah. that's like people used to only think PTSD was like you know for people from war and that and then I was even the same and then now I look back and I'm like wow I'm like chronic PTSD thing like now I see a banana and I'm fucking cowering yeah, in the corner yeah. <laughs> the bananas are still or he come and give me like bag of lollies one time and now I've realized that some snakes are banana flavored and some are pineapple flavored oh, so he God, goes you fucked up yeah so he goes and hits me with a fucking banana snake but I was all right because I just chewed it in half and then went, oh, shit, and, like, threw it. And he's like, what are you doing throwing spitting food out? <laughs> what about banana lollies? The actual bananas? The actual bananas, yeah. yeah. Well, that's what I don't know because some some things have, like, a banana flavouring but then some, some have banana have extra. Banana. Yeah. yeah. So I reckon right. those things you're pretty safe. They're just that's pure what I reckon. They're just sugar. Like, yeah. yeah. Just yellow sugar. And I reckon, like, I reckon hopefully it would be mild enough in the banana thing that I'd be all right. But then I, like, I don't know because that's why I need – now I want to know. Now, like, I'm a massive person from running experiments on – Normally people like psychologi- psychologically, now I'm like, I might have run an experiment on myself like physically. Yeah, yeah. fucking yeah. Nice. Yeah. See if I can fucking yeah. cheat death again but not be out in the middle of fucking Yeah, yeah that's yeah. it. Like now, then all the way home I had to like check how far I was from a, like a hospital and oh, paranoid now I've got to take a stupid EpiPen that's the size of my arm everywhere so I can't like that. even that little handbag over there, like the EpiPen takes half off half of that. Yeah. I said, how do we live in 2020 and it's not the size oh, of yeah, like... Oh, yeah, it's so small. small yeah. We, we went away, me and Lizzie went away like I think it was like two or three weeks ago to Kangaroo Island and she's learned to bees so she was like um i'm gonna bring this EpiPen, and it's like fucking that big yeah like yeah, i could never massive. just go like these girls that used to just go out with their clutches i could never do that because i have asper puffer or epi pen and then in like when it's springtime and used to have nasal have to have nasal spray and stuff yeah, so like, you got, you got, you got like national nerd. pharmacies in here and yeah. you're like, bringing a fucking suitcase through <laughs> I, fucking like, I, have, I have like my handbag for my meds oh and then now because i'm on like the anti-anxiety and everything Literally, and oh, and my leg because I have the permanent complex regional pain syndrome thing. I'm on a tablet three times a day to keep the pain under control. Oh, Jesus oh, Christ! So God, I, I woke up like one of the days, and then like when I had all the vitamins that they were telling me to have, I woke up one day and I was like, "When did I become 80? Yeah, yeah. Hey. Like, went from zero to that fucking little, like, um, You know that Monday to Sunday yeah, fucking yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> pop thing where you're like, "Oh, here we go." Fucking is Monday. We'd be Metamucil this yeah, morning. Yeah, that's it. 
<laughs> and then I, and I go through phases and I go, yeah, surely these tablets aren't doing that much for my leg and my leg's fine because I'll get, like, confident with it. So I'll have, like, start having less of them. Then my leg's, like, on fire and I'm You're laying like, Oh, into... cool, so I need those. Yeah, yeah I'm like, cool, fine. yeah, no, so I still fucked up, all so right. did you yeah, break but... your leg or did you muscle, muscle damage? Or oh, it's the stupidest thing ever. I literally get this again, you know, every time I try and do something better, it fucks up. Uh, I'm always late for things. As you can tell, I was late to this. And I was like that to a friend. So this was when I was – so back before I broke my leg, I was riding two to three – anywhere from one to three horses in the morning, driving trucks 10 to 13 hours, and then on Saturdays and Sundays I'd either be prepping and showing horses and then fiddling – fitting in model comps in the evenings and days that I had off. Yeah. And then travelling into state with horse shows. So one of these girls was like, oh, let's shoot some content together, blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, cool. And I wasn't going to go because I had a comp that night. And I was like, now nah, stuff it. You're always lazy. Just go to the stupid thing. I shouldn't have fucking went to it. But oh, then I should have because here I am. But Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Oh, that's everywhere, everywhere leads down yeah, that path for a reason. So yeah. I went there and like I used to roll my ankle all the time when I was a kid. Like, and it hurt but it was fine. And then I just, we got changed and I just got up and I stepped over something and it did the old like roll ankles and nearly snap. Yeah. And then it went down and I heard a crack but I just thought it was my heel hitting the floor. So I thought I've just rolled it and I'm laying on the ground and the girl I was with, she's really girly, so I was trying to play it down, like that I was not, like I was dying, but I was trying to be cool. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> play it yeah. off cool. She's like, do you want an ambulance? And in my in my soul I knew that I did. Yeah. But I was like, no, no, I'll be right. So I drove a manual car. I broke my left leg. I snapped my fibula in half, oh, the skinnier dude. bone. And I drove a manual car from the city to, from Clovelly Park to the city. And then I was at the Duke and I still tried to do my model comp. And I went upstairs and still tried to go on stage. It's like photos of me with like a big fat leg on and everything. Yeah, yeah. And then um, I drove the manual car from the city to home and then got home, put my leg up and I was like, oh, yeah, no, it's just sprained. Then in the morning I wake up, woke up nearly screaming, begging Carmen to take me to the hospital. Jesus. And she goes, yeah, no, it's broken. And yeah. then so this is a hot tip for everyone. If you break something, even if it's a clean snap but it lands straight, like what they'll do is they won't operate now they will squeeze it into place and see if it fuses by itself before they plate and pin it. Okay. So what they did with me was, but they're still kind of in the experimental stage of that. So I said to the guy, what happens if it doesn't heal? And he goes, oh, that doesn't happen very often, but if it doesn't heal, then you'll eventually have to have surgery. And if the sur- if it doesn't heal after surgery, then you might have to like, I can't remember if he said t- swap the bone or cut the foot off. It was something really hectic. Like cut it was, the foot off? Yeah. Like Just fucking get rid of the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, like, like cut the whole thing off. Like I can't remember if like, I don't know if swapping bones is a possibility, but it was something like Fuck. hectic, like either changing yeah. the whole fibula or just having to cut the whole thing, you know. Yeah. Because um, the bone will die. Like if it does it, if, yeah. you know, that was yeah. a chance. Yeah. So um, what they ended up doing was, uh, so no painkillers or anything. So I went to the Gore Hospital. They don't have the that PGA, whatever it's called, ortho, ortho what is it? Orthopedic. orthopedic. Yeah. yeah. Okay. See, yeah. I used to think orthopedic was just feet. And then yeah, I have, when I broke my leg, so it's all it? bones. No, isn't orthodontist. That's, that's a phrase. That's, 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 yeah, that's Fuck like, yeah, yes, that's like enough. enough. Yeah, nailed orthopedic, though. Yeah, but isn't there orthopedics for feet? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so yeah. that's why I thought it was. Yeah, I see. He's kind of saying all your bottom leg. That's not your foot, though. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but then it. Yeah, but I think orthopedic is oh. all bones. Someone Google it. <laughs> Come and Google it. I thought, I thought foot fetish does feet. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then so, yeah, they um, – Red tins are going well. They just squeezed it back in. A, so I had to – they got – yeah, went from Gaul and said, I'll go to Lyle Mac in a week. I was like, yeah, all right, because they can't do anything until swelling goes down. Just had the back slab on, just have it on my codeine tablets and have, have a Jim Beam so I'd go to sleep because it hurt that bad. <laughs> <laughs> have a Jim Beam and a codeine. It's, yeah. it's, like, it's like the Australian version of lean. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's because I couldn't have, like, it sounds bad, but I couldn't have too many 
codeines because my stomach is so sensitive. So I just would it just, and it just knocked me out. So I'm doing exactly what the warning label said not to do. But I was like, why wouldn't you do that? Yeah, <laughs> if it's working. Yeah, that's it. And like, so I slept in a recliner all week. Then went, yeah, they. Then I went to Lyle Mac. They've just squeezed it back together, put molded the cast to hold it into place, and then said, I will see you in six weeks. See, you know, keep off of it. Went there, it still hadn't healed or fused. So they put me in a moon boot anyway. I reckon they should have put me in the cast longer. Yeah. yeah. And then they said, I'll start walking around on it and everything. And I'm thinking, oh, like, it hurts the same. Like, I shouldn't be doing this. And they're like, no, no, you're right. Then that went on for like three months. Three months. And then, like, yeah, it was like Ugh. two, three months. And they're like, oh, yeah, no, nah, so I'm going to uh, fuse now. So I broke it June 2018. They finally operated the end of December 2018. I was out of the moon boot May 2019. I had better – I had full muscle wastage and everything on my left-hand side of my body. Yeah. Um. So then I had – it was, wasn't was until like November 2019 I rode a horse again. Fuck. So that's like a good year and a half. Yeah. yeah. Like flat out. And then I didn't drive the truck till I went out in John's because um it took so – then they – once the bone healed enough for them to clear it after when it got to about that May and they said I could get out of the moon boot and start building up there and I had to do physio and everything um, – I kept my leg kept changing colour and swelling or feeling swollen and cold and right. doing all these weird things. And I kept saying to my physio, oh, it's doing this, this and that. And he said to me, oh, I think you've got, and he called it, it had a weird name called complex dy- regional dystrophy or something. And I didn't pay much attention to it because I was like, oh, yeah, whatever, I never have anything like that, you know, yeah. like feel invincible. And then, yeah, a few months later, one of the surgeons said to me, he goes, oh, oh no, I went away and um, I was back on a walking stick. I couldn't walk. And I, went, I said to him, I said, I only ran a little bit in a horse led class. And then my leg, my whole leg changed colour. I was a walking stick, and he goes, oh, "I'm pretty sure you've got this." And they did all the test things and that. And so basically, now my whole nervous system is malfunctioned to think my leg is broken forever. Yeah. So Fuck. even if I act like, so I can go like, I might go a few days and be fine, but then the next day I might just get up and walk, and then my leg will go bang. You can't walk anymore. You're done. And then yeah, I just sit right. down. So do you reckon that's because they delayed this procedure for so long that your body is just like, this is just fucking Yeah, this leg now, is cactus Yeah, now. well, that's why I, I reckon it would be, that would play a part in it. But then I've also met people that have um, gotten, you can get it just from a normal sprain in the ankle or a normal injury. Right. So I think it must be something that they're only maybe just like, because not all doctors know about it. So now I'm going to start doing yeah. more um, like, you know, YouTube things, talking about it because the more people I meet, because I thought I was going crazy. I was like, I'm like, no, nah, you can just tell yourself you're better. I was like, like surely you that's You thought it was what like it's... phantom pain or something like that Yeah, almost. well, it's kind of, it's basically what it kind of is. Yeah. It's, it's basically, yeah. Like, yeah, phantom. And I was like, maybe I'll just, you know, tell myself I'm better. And I just got, I went off the meds, everything, and went to try and just do that. And my whole body just like shut down. No shit. Because if you hurt it too much, then I I'm just can't get out of bed for like a couple of days and stuff like that. Wow. So, yeah, it's heaps weird. So I can't like work, even working out at the gym and stuff, can't do it properly. So I can ride horses now, but yeah, after it fucking hurts. Yeah, <laughs> like, shit. So everything I do hurts and then sometimes it doesn't. So I just pick like, but you get it built up a pretty good tolerance. Oh, so. yeah. And if you keep the tablets up, it's not too bad. But yeah, it's a really weird. So I went through that and then that's why I was like, couldn't, I couldn't go back to toll because I wouldn't be able to do the workload that they expected. Because yep. um, it took me like three months to be able to walk longer than 20 minutes. Yeah, right, okay, So you're on and off and doing shit all the yeah. time. Yeah, so I being, had yeah. to build up like a tolerance. I couldn't even go food shopping and everything, like yeah. pushing the trolley and turning and yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's so horrible. That's such a fucking impact. Yeah, like, and especially massive. with how active I was. And like so my foot doesn't even go, my heels don't go down, my heel doesn't go down properly like it used to for the horse riding, but then it also can't go up to wear high heels. Right, okay. So I can put them in for a photo and obviously I've got major PTSD with high heels now. Yeah. Like so any photo shoot you see me with heels, 
um, I've probably crawled to the spot that I'm standing in or like and held just yeah. Stood up for it. Yeah, and no like, oh, get these the fuck off me. Yeah, that's yeah. it. So there, I walk in little ones now, like, you know, like a little kind of Cuban kind of hill. And um, I've gotten a bit more confident with like, you know, I might be able to walk from this table to over there and be in stilettos because I broke it. But I, I, I broke it in a pair of high heels that I could run down Hindley Street in. Yeah, so you trust. That's the problem. You had the trust in them. I did. Like they they literally yeah. were my – I had been in that many comps in them because they were like those pleaser heels so they were made for strippers. So they got all the padding, all the grip, everything. So they yeah. were big, proper, and that, but they had a skull and crossbones in them. Oh, no. In the platform they had a skull and crossbones. They were fucking haunted. That's what yeah, it is. Yeah, so, so I'm going to get them like framed with like yeah. my, with my X-ray like progressing. Yes. Yeah, that's killer. Because I thought, yeah. how can I not? I was like, it, it gave me the worst time and the best time because I said if I could ask myself 10 years ago and even 10 years before that what I wanted to do when I was younger and if you had said, you know, get a room in your house and buy all of the outfits that you ever see that you want, all the makeup, and then sit in front of the mirror and just play dress-ups and take photos and put it on the internet and have people tell you you're pretty. Fuck yeah. I Fuck yeah, there. good. I would have been down for that. Yeah. And then, you know, and then, like, the more I do the horses, because the, the more people, the more you do in your life, the more they're interested. And exactly so, right, yeah. Yeah, and then yeah. it gives me, like, and I love, so now I'm probably going to eventually be able to have my own truck because they're so interested and it would be worth me buying it even just to sit in the yard and take photos. Fuck with. yeah. Yep. Yeah, or, or yeah, you could buy it, it take things. photos in it, and then hire it out to people. Yeah, I just oh. drive around the block, pretend I'm driving in. Yeah, like, that's hey, it. Yeah. No to, one's gonna know. I if I it's the same circle every time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's have a quick break because I'm about to fucking piss my pants if we don't. All right, let's. This do is it. what happens, right? I come to a podcast where I'm like, don't drive because I want to net cans, and now I've been yeah. sitting here for like the last ten that's minutes, it. like needing to piss. Coming, yeah, coming. Here it comes. Been getting fed beers by fucking the beautiful Carmen here as well. It's been amazing. We're back in a second. We'll be back. We'll be back. Back. <laughs> Don't fucking worry about it, all right? Just oh, press bro. the button. Look, this is the thing. You picked the wrong time to put me behind the fucking desk. Since we're saying recording the whole time, hasn't it? No, yeah, yeah it does. It, yeah, it does say recording, but it gives him, for anyone listening, uh, we put a little check mark thing. So for the I'm behind the decks tonight, which I haven't been <laughs> ever. Uh, Ty's decided to switch up the positioning and I'm necking a fair few red tins <laughs> and... Um, this is just the sloppiest organised fucking <laughs> podcast ever, but we're back. Well, that, that, suits, that suits my style anyway. So. That's what you want. Exactly, yeah. right? It's exactly. And let's listen to this one. Three, two, one. Oh, that was Ooh. very good. Look, I'm not going to give it we, the highest rating. Of it, we right? need the little – I need the – if I'm going to be recorded. behind the decks, we need that sound recorded yeah. so I can be like – Yeah, that's yeah. what we need. We'll get that. We'll get mouth trumpets. We'll, mouth, we'll, mouth, we'll, mouth trumpets. Just, <laughs> mouth uh, trumpets. It's a I'm just going to yeah. go. I'm going to go home half cut and be like, oh, Erica, how about a fucking mouth trumpet? <laughs> mouth trumpet on the way home, mate. Just and she's going to slap me. Uh, yeah. That's exactly <laughs> what's going to happen because it's going to be mouth fucking 11.30 at night. Um, so in the in the first half, uh, you, you brought up something. The first thing I want to ask you about that you mentioned that I have no fucking clue about, you said about your mum messaging you when she was in a fire saying goodbye, what the fuck was that about? What happened? Oh, yeah. So if, you know, if, you know, having an infamous biker dad getting murdered at 13 wasn't enough to rock your socks. Which we're going to come back to. Yeah. 
then like and everything else I had in between wasn't enough, then my instead of like no one in my life dies normal, like they don't just live old and then just die, like <laughs> and it always is something hectic. So there was the Which is almost you with the banana. You yeah, that's yeah. Exactly yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you know, how, how'd you die, banana? People are going <laughs> to listen to this and, like, look at their fruit bowl like, fuck you. Yeah. I'm like, dang, See, not risking that shit. Throw it out the window. Fuck like. health. <laughs> <laughs> also, um, the, you know the big pinery fires? Um, so because with doing the horse riding that I do, the horse riding community, we're all really, really bitchy, but when it comes down to it, you can have someone that you hate their guts, but if there's a fire, every person will yep. be there to help you get your horses out. It doesn't yeah. matter. Well, I who shared you are. your post literally a week ago when we had our two back to back 40 degree days, and I saw you straight away as soon as the fire started in um, just Valley? past. No, it was past Gawler oh, in like Roseworthy. Yeah. Oh, Roseworthy. You yeah. straight away was like, if anyone needs a horse fight, I can help out. Yeah. And I like share that shit straight away. And um, because again, like you, you have no idea how much that shit can go from zero to 100 fucking. Oh. In no time. I mean, look at what happened to us last year. It was well, just that's well, that's what like I, I used to have like a big thirty-eight foot trailer, and now I've got a smaller float that can get in and out of places. To like, I've got my own float to go straight away now. Whereas before, I used to have to find a smaller one to then go help. Yeah. Okay. And um, so like when we had those first big ones in the hills, uh, the hills ones, um, well, we helped evacuate in that, and we were like we drove towards one town, you'd see the fire, and then like all of a sudden the wind would change and it would turn back. And you're like, shit, like lucky it went away because there's nowhere to turn around. But yeah. so when the pinery fires happened, I was at work um, and because it happened so quick, I couldn't, you know, do the old, oh, I'm here to help if anyone needs. So my mum worked on um, chicken farms and they didn't let you have, um, uh, I, probably, I probably won't say the name because there's court cases going on and everything. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. But, um, yeah. yeah, they so she worked on chicken farm and um, they wouldn't let you have your phones and they didn't have the proper, uh, you know, fire safety. They didn't have really much. that. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, and they're really, really big companies, so they should have all these things. So I'm hearing on the radio about all the fires and watching all the sh- stuff on Facebook with my friends, and I'm freaking out. And then I was like, then they're like, the wind's changed; it's going towards Hamley Bridge. If you're in Hamley Bridge, and that's where she was working. She's like, they're like, get out now. It's, sorry, it's too late to get out. Take shelter. Find a building. Like basically, you're fucked. There's ah. nothing you can do. I'm trying to ring her. Trying to ring her. Couldn't get a hold of her. Couldn't get a hold of her. Finally get a hold of her. She rings me and it's just her straight away with a hectic noise in the back. I'm, and I said, Mum, Mum, the fire, you've got to get out. She goes, I'm in it. The firewall's here. There's nothing we can do. Like I don't know what to do. Then it cut out. She called me back again and she goes, oh, um, I don't think I'm going to get out of this. Like the flames are like, so what ended up happening? She goes, the flames are around the car. Um, I love you. You know, I'm so sorry. And she was crying and said goodbye and everything. And then um, her phone ended up dying. but So I thought she'd burnt to death oh, for about dang. two, three hours. That is the worst. Yeah, so I thought she was dead for a couple of hours until because there was no reception as well because the fires and everything like that. Yeah. So what ended up happening was um, she ended up, so uh, she walked out of the door of the shed, seeing the fire coming, turned in to tell everyone to go. They've come out, got in their cars. Two cars have driven off. Mum's gone behind. So I'll go through these things because they'll teach you a little bit of fire safety in things. So uh, a lot of people don't know that when your car is near a fire, it can suck the oxygen out of it and stall it. But then if it okay. stalls it because it's so hot, it can suck the metal tire and lock you in your car. Right. So uh, one car went down the road, another one hit the fence and reversed back and mum's car stalled. And those two cars went off. And what ended up happening to those two cars was the first one drove down, his car eventually stalled because the they were in the fire front. It was black. It goes black. You can't see anything. And um, then another tree had fallen. The other guy had driven into the tree 
he started to burn in his car. He got out and ran to the other car, was trying to get in. He's like, let me in, let me in. Um, and he's like, the doors are unlocked, but it's because the heat had sucked. So he eventually got him in. He had like 60 or 80% burns to his body. Fuck. So then because it was too dark for mum to see where to go and her boss in his car behind her, um, she rev- she ended up having to try to get out of her car, but the heat had shrunk the metal. So she had to kick her way out of her car run to the car behind her, like through the fire, hoping to find the car, got in her boss's car and said, oh, I know there's a rainwater tank behind us, like reversed to that as coverage. And she managed to turn on like some little tap thing because the fire was there but obviously, you know, it's not like – so it was like a fireball. So it wasn't as much on the ground. It's still on the trees and everything but, you you know, you can obviously get through to things. So they reversed back and she was able to find the tap right there and it put water under the car and the five people even said to her, if you didn't do that, you and your boss would have burnt to death. Yeah, and so, right. and two other people died at Hamley Bridge from burning in the fire. Yeah. Um, which were friends, uh, some people do with uh, horse shows and that. So, yeah, she actually, um, that's what she said to me. She goes, I'm not religious, but she goes, I started praying to God. She goes, God, I can't let her dad go the way he did and then me go like this. Yeah. And that's yeah. what I said. I said, Jesus Christ, just live to your old, like have heart failure in your sleep or something. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> something, something standard. Like, you yeah. know, like, so now, like, I, it made me, uh, I turned to a different look on things. Like if something lives to its old and it dies, I really appreciate it. Yeah. Whereas it's just such a big shock when things die when they're not meant to. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So how when did you end up finding out that she was okay? Did she manage like it went a, like it moved away or something from the house and she was able to Um so they waited it burnt every so it burnt the farm over, burnt the house completely down, burnt one chicken farm to the ground, um, and burnt like the like when they dropped the feeders the next day, um, they, they were all burnt. But this was the worst part for my mum. Uh, so my mum is an animal lover and we both are and we love them more than people. I don't know if you've ever seen an animal that's been in a bushfire with the foam coming out its nose and mm. when they're alive and they're standing there and they're just crispy and they're foaming out the noses. Mum walked out and there was horses straight there standing. One was on the side, one stand burnt. She said it had a fly mask on, melted to its face. And she had to ring the vet and then there's sheep everywhere. Like I had friends that had to go out and shoot like hundreds of sheep. Uh And, you know, so they're all running around like parts of them hanging off. There's dead stuff everywhere. So when mum's come out of the shed, basically everything was burned except for the shed. And then um, she's had to see all those animals. Then no one would, the CFS wouldn't let anyone go through to get them. So they were stuck for ages. And then a friend that she worked with ended up driving through like a bunch of back paddocks and basically rescuing them, getting them out because mum was starting to freak out. So... My mum has like really, really bad PTSD now. She, um, so she actually tried to go to work the next day because she was so worried about the chickens, but she just, she was just in shock. So I had to spend like weeks seeing my mum just crying uncontrollably like every day. And um, I didn't know what to do. And then I sort of had to disassociate because how do you deal with your mum? It broke her like, and then seeing all the animals. So, and then they like, they sort of didn't, they sort of helped, but they didn't help. So she worked for, a bit and then when it got to the year of the anniversary because we we like struggle with anniversaries anyway and then she just lost the plot like she's never that's why I said to Carmen he never met her really before the fires I said she was a completely different mum like we always had a bickering but now she it's like she'd become hard and I said to her we both so this is where I said I get into the psychological cool side of things um I noticed we both become hard and withdrawn from each other because I obviously thought I lost her she thought she'd lost me and so we become quite. We ended up becoming quite cruel when we'd argue to each other, but we needed each other the most. Yeah. And so, and I got to the point too. You know, like I got to a breaking point. I was always, even when Dad went missing, I was always the person that 
was the strong one to keep everyone going. And then I, I just didn't know what to do, but then I couldn't handle it either because I didn't realise how much that phone call is a trauma to myself. Yeah. Like, um, but then I've got, I put that aside because what my mum went through is that it's not even a drop in the ocean for what she'd seen. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. So it's, and she'd already had a rough life. It's like her life is crazy anyway. Like if she could get on a podcast and, well, depending on what she'd be able to talk about, what she wouldn't be able to talk about, but yeah. she's, yeah. Yeah, there'd be a lot of fucking. God, has she ever things, wrote so. like a book or something? But yeah, so she's doing a lot, like, you know, she's trying to do a lot better now, but she can't work and stuff because now she's too scared to be away from home, like in summertime. So where's she living now? Uh, so we have the same property that we've just built two houses on because yeah. I, I promised her when I was younger, because we've, we've always had a different relationship, you know, like single mum and like, that's what people don't realise. So even you probably wouldn't even know as well, even more interesting in my life. When I was younger, we had a phase where we lived, me and my mum lived really, really poor. We had we had the ponies and we had no house on the block of land and mum was a single mum trying to pay off this block of land that she'd just asked, asked, walked around asking farmers if they had land to sell and he said, yeah, I got this one and I'll let you pay it off. So we were like, went from living in a shed to a caravan. Sometimes we wouldn't have money so we'd just eat almonds off the almond tree orchid next to us. Oh, and wow, that's insane. Yeah, like so we used to like shower with like a bag that you'd heat up in like the sun. So... Um, that was when they were single when because like dad was like, oh, get rid of all the ponies, whereas mum was like, no, like I can work both. Like, But he wanted, you know, so we had times where, so it was that's what people think because I've had horses all my life that have been rich, but we've sacrificed, oh, God, sacrificed a lot. Um, but, yeah, I look back now and I had heaps of fun. Like it was kind of like at least it was in the days where we didn't have phones and things so it didn't yeah. matter. Like so we had like no power. We had water on the property. So one time we even like ran a, when they were selling the property next door, we ran an extension cord over to theirs so we could have power. Oh, God. But yeah, so even like a generator in the shed when we lived in that. So, yeah. so you know. We, and for your mum, again, when you talk about like your mum's experience of that probably would have been harder than yours because yours, you probably as a as a young kid, would have just found that, you know, as you do when you're a kid, you find the awesomeness in fucking everything, yeah. which yeah, well, is like I was something we lose as we get older. Yeah. Um, you would have just been like, this is fucking whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like it's it, it, like you think about when you're a kid, like going camping and she's like the fucking coolest thing, whereas like some adults are like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to go and like yeah. not have this and that, whereas it's like the most amazing thing to live to the absolute bare minimum. Well, that's why I had I thought I had ponies and everything. So I was like, yeah, you know, cool. And I, I still went life. to school. I had you know, I had clothes to wear. Like back then you didn't have to have like keep up with like heaps of trends and stuff. Yeah. No. So it's probably easy, lucky for women I mean, easier in that way. But like it's a lot of people think I've just had money all through my life. But, yeah, we've actually, you know, been pretty hard with it. But it wasn't, you know, it wasn't dad being mean, not giving us money or anything. He was like trying to make, you know, mum sort of realise and it was, and you know, he'd go through phases where he wouldn't have money too and, you know, how mum, it was just me and mum so it would be hard for her to work and stuff like that but we got through it. So, so when did they split? Uh, they split when I was about five. Okay. So that's what I look back now and I think um, like my mum and dad, like that's what she always says, she goes, it was the love of my life and um, she still says it now, like, you know, and th- they always thought they were going to get back together when they were older. And he even used to say it to me too and then like, obviously he didn't. So I think back now and I'm like, God, my mum was struggling with money, lost the love of her life in that sort of sense, has a young kid and then like once when I started showing, I started showing horses properly about, um, you know, five, six years old. So mum just basically once we, so we had the time, so when they first broke up we had like we lived all right and we lived at a place that had a house and we showed the horses and everything and then when mum eventually bought her own block of land, she didn't want to rent that one anymore. She wanted to buy one. That's when we had to live like bare minimum and I stopped showing for a little bit and then, yeah, we geared back up from there. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so from like five to like, you know, maybe 10, 11 or something, I yeah, showed flat out and then had a break and then now went hard again. But I noticed that so me and my mum have always both 
drove our issues into like hiding it with being busy with horses. Yeah, right. So yeah. she doesn't like she doesn't ride and she like she likes to ride every now and then, but she doesn't ride. She likes doing the prepping of them, so she likes to put the makeup on them, you know, brush them and but she's. She mum likes to pretend she's a rich lady that I'm her trainer is working her six horses for yeah. her. Like, <laughs> and so I made the promise to her, like, I've seen all the struggles she went through. And even she's got a lot of things in her past, like um, that give her a lot of abandonment issues and things. And so I made a promise when I was younger that I'd never leave her by herself. So when it come time, we lived in this tiny little house and it come time for me to decide whether I was going to go by my own place or whether we built bigger on the property we're at. So I, um, I laugh now and say she shafted me into Connor and living to her there forever because then she, after the fire she turned into a demon. But, you know, about a few years ago we lived fine together. So, um, yeah, we've got the two houses on there so we just still live together but a bit separate. Separate, yeah. yeah but we're okay. coming together a bit more again now because well, she's, yeah, she's been getting a lot of help. Like that's what people don't realise, the, the PTSD from things like that and these fires, like especially when like nearly the whole of Australia burnt, People like people just don't realise that. Um, like we had some a friend, she lost her whole house, lost pets and everything, and then like her family members didn't help, so then she ended up like basically cutting them off, and so she sort of lost everything really. Yeah, like, yeah right. That's so sad. Well, yeah. My, uh, so my mum is from KI, and the, her whole family were very lucky that they all live in Kingscote now. They never used to, and houses that they used to live in and stuff ended up um, getting. Burnt because oh, pretty wow. much the entire island fucking caught on fire. Except so it's shaped like a horseshoe, and pretty much the main township, luckily, was the only thing that didn't get burnt. Yeah, but people, you know, what I mean, Kangaroo Island, whilst it's a big place as you learn from being there, but yeah. it's still very much a country town. Everyone knows everyone. Yeah, yeah. That live definitely sort of got out of the line, main man. town. Um, you know, their entire livelihoods, their things that they've spent 40, 50 years on, just all gone. So, oh, you know, yeah, it's it's in, it's such insane. And again, KI is kind of a weird place as well, where like you know you have such an attachment to that place. People that live over there are like scared of big, scary Adelaide, which is weird when you think about Adelaide in the scheme of like big cities. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah, like yeah. We're a country <laughs> town over here as well. Yeah, but like it. Adelaide to them is like the big smoke kind of thing. So well, it's like Mount um, Gambier in Adelaide, like yeah, yeah, exactly yeah. right. Um, so it's so uh, it's so crazy that um, they have um, yeah um, they have. Uh, just gone through something so monumental and like just because it was like it got to the point where they were about to all be on the beach and that was it like that's everything gone like yeah. if, it, if it got as it was so close to just taking everything out and then you would have had the entire population of kangaroo island on a fucking beach like surviving just and then everything you know what i mean yeah like it's just so insane. Well, the guy, um, the, our tour guide, when we went on like a bit of a tour around there and one of the days we were there, he was saying that there was actually two fires. There was like one further like back towards like the western end of the island, I guess where yep. not very many people live. Yep. And then there was another one closer to Kingscote where most people live. Yep. So it's, yeah, it's fucking. Well, that, that was what was with the Pinery Fire was when it was two fires that merged together. Yeah. So then that's why it ended up being just a firewall front. But it was crazy to see because you could look where it had been and sometimes it wouldn't have gone burnt stuff all the way, like, you know, crops all the way to the ground, but it would singe the top because it was literally like a fireball just yep. going that fast. Going through, yeah. It was even we went to uh, Unify this year and uh, me and Erica stayed in Wongathi after Wonthaggy. Wonthaggy. Wongath- what, what, I said, what, she – that's so funny, man. I was, she has to listen to this because I've called – she 
pronounced it wrong the entire time we were there. Kept calling it Wan Gathy because of Leon Gatha and then Wan Thaggy. <laughs> and then I've just done what she did and <laughs> called it Wan Gathy. We, we, the whole time we were going like, yeah, the Wan Gathy, the, the, what? Now I've got it wrong. Yeah, the Wan Thaggy. Wan Thaggy Warriors yeah. and shit. Like we were making all these like different teams. And then I pulled into the town and there was actually their football team on the side of a building. And like I said, I thought it. But uh, the fires were still happening in, um, what the that fuck the is fires. it? The, the, we yeah, the, the Victoria yeah. ones anyway yeah. when we were over there. But we didn't, we didn't because we were worried about whether Unify was going to get cancelled, but everything was okay, but the fires were still going. And then we were in uh, Thaggy, and on the first day it was fine. On the second day we woke up and we were completely engulfed in smoke. Like yeah. the house was full of smoke. And we were like, we were supposed to go to High Marsh, not High Marsh Island. Is it High Marsh Island? Where the fuck's the V8s? Phillip Island? Phillip Island, yeah. yeah. <laughs> High Marsh yeah. Island's here. Wait, wait, where's High Marsh where's Island? Where's High Marsh Island? I've got no idea Fucking anything. No, no idea, idea yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. We were supposed to go to Phillip Island and then we got outside and it was, we were, our Airbnb was already across from a graveyard. So like the graveyard <laughs> was already like, Eric was like, this is the best thing ever. But then when you go out and you stare at a graveyard and it's covered in smoke, I was like, this is creepy as yeah, shit. Yeah, you're like, this, yeah. is not a, this, this is not a sign. <laughs> so yeah. we ended up just like going into town and like going like shopping and, and whatever in the town and like walking into a Woolies that was filled with smoke because it, the smoke was that dense and everyone's walking in and out of the doors the whole day. Yeah. But you're literally walking down a shopping aisle where you can't see the end of the aisle. Yeah. It was yeah, just so weird. And like we I'd not experienced that before. Like so even that in like its very like low level sense of like yeah. how like it was just surreal to be in that kind of situation. And yeah. you just feel so like so like all we're dealing with is smoke from fires that are fucking yonks away. It takes and yet away you your feel, sense, yeah. Uh, you feel lost and you can't breathe properly. So like for your mum, who's obviously in that situation like that, you can't even fathom how. Well, she said it was completely dark and like crackles and that, but she said people always say fire licks at windows. And she goes, I thought it was like, like talk shit. She goes, it was like licking, it like hits. She goes, it just sort of hits it and it was all around like the thing. And I was like. Yeah. That's just mental. Well, the, the fires that they had in the hills, those big, like the ones before the pinery, we were helping evacuate heaps of horses in that one and they were like, oh, go to the Golden Grove. They kept changing the refuge where you could go because it kept burning further and further. Mm -hmm. yeah. Then they were like, oh, go to the Golden Grove Oval or something like that because we were evacuating the horse place down there. So we've taken horses there. Then when we're there, there's these people trying to give this old horse a needle and stuff because it wouldn't get on the float. So then all of a sudden all the smokes come through and like embers and stuff. So we're like running around going, get out now, now, now. Some of the horses wouldn't get on the float. So we're running down the road just with horses. Like you just you wouldn't know who it belonged to, who was you're just getting them out. And you so everyone's running down like the like the golden way, running Shit. to out the the oval that's like near, down near where the Maccas is yep. to yeah, put all the horses one, there yeah. and that. So that was pretty crazy too. And then I that's what I, I got that little bit of the taste of the smoke, and that's what I said to Mark. I was like, you just can't comprehend. How, how intense that would have yeah. been. That's what I mean. Like just from being in that, like it was bad because the thing is we were getting out of the car where we'd have all the vents closed or whatever and just being in the street you'd be like intense. And then when you're in a Woolies and you're like struggling to breathe and you're like yeah. imagine being actually close to it. Like we weren't yeah. even like, you know what I mean? Like it wasn't like the town was even at risk of being evacuated. Like we kept asking people like, you know what, and they're like, oh, it's from fucking all the way in this place and yeah, that's like how dense the smoke is. Um, so imagine actually being on the on the fucking yeah. front line of it. Well, is the, just what insane. was the last? There was about nine, ten years ago, or something, or maybe less. The real bad last fires in Victoria, where a fair few people died, that went through a lot of um, country towns. So some of my friends, when they finally could get out of their house, like they had their like their property was saved because their neighbours like had a water cannon that reached their house as well. Yeah. 
And when they got out to drive down the street, there was literally bodies in the cars oh. because, like, people had just got stuck and That's burned. some post-apocalyptic, like, yeah. fucking shit yeah. to be seeing that. Like, imagine being, like, teenage girls and stuff, like, because that's what they were back then. Seeing and you, fucking charred bodies and, like, yeah. just carrying that around for yeah, the rest fuck of your life. That. That's, like, like you were saying, I don't think there's enough of understanding. We've talked on the podcast before about, and as you said, like, it's not just war people, but one of the things they're doing at the moment for, like, returning vets and whatever is, like, DMT or mushies or MDMA and whatever and, like, finding these incredible results over, like, like trying these like, yeah. you know, what would be seen as recreational drugs but for these people and finding they're able to actually deal with this kind of shit and whatever better or talk about it in a way that they've never been able to open up with it before with these kind of like drug trials. Yeah. And that's what I mean. Like this, these kind of events that people don't actually associate, like they think you have to have been on the front lines of war to have PTSD. Yeah. Whereas like it doesn't really take anything. Like people can have low level like traumatic events happen or childhood or whatever it may be and experience the exact same symptoms as someone who has been on the fucking front lines of war. Yeah, and that, like and I don't think we give that enough attention that it, it, how far-reaching and, and, in, and intense and like can affect everyone that this can actually be. Yeah. Um, well, that's like my mum had been – my mum's been through hell and back more in her life and that's like that's why I was surprised in a way that this was what – got her so bad because it was strange like we she was you know she was bad after dad but this is what that's what sucked the most was we'd finally got her off meds and everything she'd been fine for years and then bang she was back worse than she'd ever been and that must fucking break your heart as well because as you said you guys were having such a good relationship and I'm sure after everything happened with your dad, which we're fine. Everyone that's listening to this yeah, right yeah, now is going to be like, fucking tell us. You've mentioned you've driven that many fucking things. <laughs> want to know what the fuck happened. You'll just um, change no, it to, no, you know, when you're leave the fu- Wait, Look, this is how we get people to listen to the end, right? We don't want them listening. If we just got you on and we're like, all right, so tell us the most intense thing that's ever happened, right? Yeah. Then they turn it off after 10 minutes. you got to keep yeah. them going. Like, this girl's like, like a roller coaster. Yeah, that's it. That's um, it. But yeah, that's it's it's just so insane um, that it would be heartbreaking because she would have made so much progress, and yeah. as you said, you guys were really uh, becoming closer and everything, and then something like this has happened, and it just like throws a fucking spanner in the works, oh, which yeah. would be so hard. And it was a, um, it was amazing to see it literally. Uh, people that get extreme PTSD in a way, they get so triggered and they kind of attack you in a way without realizing, but then they're so uh, they. They lose a lot of their empathy, but I think it's because they've had to. Sh- it's like it's like disassoci- disassociating, but to the max. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I disassociate a lot when, like, and I've noticed even when I talk about certain things and that that because I didn't really know what a lot of it was, so I started actually having meds because when I was younger, I wouldn't let myself learn too much about it because I didn't want to make myself think I had it, like anxiety and you know, PTSD or anything. And then, um, but with mum, it actually for a while there, it made her go so cold. But it was a protection because she thought she was gone and then she's lived. And then you go, how do I live with this? Yeah. And and she had survivor's guilt because the guy in the front got burnt. She and, and the shed didn't burn down. She said, oh, I should have not told everyone to leave. And then if I didn't, he wouldn't be burnt and blah, blah, blah. And I said, no. I said, you, you don't know that. Like you might have been yeah. smoked out to death in, yeah, the, yeah, in yeah. the shed. There's exactly so many right. variables yeah. in that kind of situation. But it's yeah. hard, it would be hard not to blame yourself as well though. It would. Yeah. And so she was like like bawling her eyes like in the fetal position like every night going to sleep. And I'd be standing in the doorway and I'd be like, what are you saying? What, and you can't even comprehend what the experience is. And um, yeah, so I, I even went like trying to go through a drive through where the fires were burnt, you know, and then there's burnt out tractors you know, cars and things and you think like shit, those people live or if they not, yeah. like 
Yeah. So it's pretty, yeah. And then and then you've and people the other thing people underestimate is the cleanup after. So even now with our big Australian, those last big Australian bushfires we had, people are still living in houseless and living in shipping containers because the government still hasn't given all the money and everything. Yeah, yeah that's which it. that whole thing is I mean, look, you don't have to fucking talk to us about government fuckery, but yeah. um, <laughs> even just that fucking the Red Cross thing, like the people like literally and this is the thing, you've got people who aren't that well off who obviously don't want people who are less well off that are donating to a fund thinking that that's going to end up going to someone, you know what I mean? So they're like literally like, you know, possibly setting themselves back and they're yeah. barely living but they're like, well, I'm going to try and help someone who's not living at all right now. Yeah. So they give money to this Red Cross or whatever thinking that they're doing the right thing and then that money never makes it yeah. to the fucking person. Well, the fucking so then you've just created even more of a problem for people who were like not affected by it but like were already struggling because of whatever other reason yeah. and now you fuck them over and then you're still fucking over the people that they were trying to help. Yeah. Like it's such a fucking well, my, joke. My favourite thing is when celebrities do like a fundraising confident con- concert like it's a big deal it's like so you're going to do something for free or, or probably get paid on the side that we don't know about and yeah. then charges are less fortunate to go watch you to make the money off of that rather than you just giving a million dollars yourself yeah, yeah that's, that's right that's like, I always hate when a big bank's like we just donated one hundred thousand dollars or something i'm like that is nothing that is like yeah. a literal fucking like you literally yeah. spend that on your end of year fucking party yeah. and you've donated that to this cause and think and that's if it even ever gets there yeah that's yeah. what happens half the time these like big corporations come out and say we donated this amount of money but then people come out and be like we never saw a fucking cent of that yeah like, they just relations. say it so that they can, yeah, it's just yeah. PR shit. Yeah, that, that's why you're always sometimes better off finding like a specific family to help. Or like, yeah, <laughs> if you can directly donate. That was a good yeah. one. That but was a cracker. That one. That was a fucking. It's, good it's one. The, the you gotta. It's the timing. It's the first one. Pause. <laughs> Second one. Yeah, finish it off. Let, All right. the, let the fizzle come through. <laughs> Let's fucking give the people what they want, right? right. We've, we've teased them this much fucking time. You've you've kind of touched on it a few times. What happened? What do you know? You said that you've learned something not that long ago uh, that was like pretty intense dealing with all of this other shit as well. Um, so, yeah, we, we want to know obviously what, what do you know what happened with your old boy? So, um, well, for the ones that don't like that don't know, which well, most people do. Um, but you've done a lot of media. You've done it. a lot of media for this, like already. Like I see you pretty much like at least. I mean, I've had you on social media for probably seven or eight years now, and like every year or so, it seems that they're doing some sort of like renewed piece yeah. about this as well. Yeah. Right? Well, you can just start from start because I don't actually know anything. Yeah. Well, I'll go. This. So I'll go through. So like basically, um, he was the president of the Gypsy Jokers at the time. But um, when he was president was when the VLAD laws were trying to come in, those anti-association yep, things. Yep. So hot tip for everyone with the anti-association laws and the people that voted to bring them in. No one read the fine print and they think it's all just to stop bikers hanging out. But uh, it's actually worded that if the cops want to deem any organisation or club a criminal organisation, they can. So they could go like to the Elizabeth Downs Football Club and go, okay, you're a criminal organisation you now Which they probably here. are in high school. Yeah. <laughs> and so then they'll be like, oh, your place is now prescribed and you can't go there and yeah. you can't hang out with more than two or three people. Like, So I legally can't have dinner with like um, my best friend and her dad out in public. We could get arrested and he could get like three years and we'd get like right. two. Uh, like two months or three months or something. And that's not, and that's just because of like previous family association. So it's not like you are like fucking... Fully uh, fucking nommed up, wearing your fucking patch yeah. on the back of a horse on your OnlyFans page. Yeah, it's uh, just like, yeah, that's association. Just because yeah, yeah there see, was some the sort of thing th- ever. That's Honestly. what's dumb about it. Yeah. Is that like unless like, and I, 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 not that I agree with it, but I'm saying, but I understand the whole like you know if they are 
congregating somewhere, all in full patches and whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like I yeah. can see the side of it where the public go like, well, I understand oh, that's them kind go- of menacing and scary. But for you who is not actively well, I can't Presenting even be a biker on my girl. Like, there's yeah, no that's right. Yeah, so but, yeah. but because there's that association, you're not allowed to do that. That is what is fucking yeah. Stupid. Yeah. So if you if you're the if you're if you're the people that like you know the members or whatever, and it goes to associates as well. So then it's generally like your family or like if you know if you've done a crime or something and when you've been arrested with one of them or something like that. So yeah. he was fighting those back when Mike Rand was in charge. So fucking not yeah. happy, Rand. Yeah. So he even had he even made stickers up that said. Um, Run, ran, run, or something like that. <laughs> like Free Australia Party and everything. So he was doing that. And then he also helped start Bikers United Against Child Abuse. So he was in the media for things like that. And, you know, like he was a cool dude. He was very confident. Like he was, well, I kind of like him, like, you know, give us a mic. We'll talk shit for ages. Yeah. Right? yeah. So when they used to have the big skin and steels, he was, you know, um, he'd always host them. He was the big like, you know, if you wanted to be a tough guy in Adelaide, you had to try and beat him. Not very many people would. So, you know, I now as I've gotten older, I didn't even realise the gravity of the, uh, you know, intensity and the size of what he was as a person because I always got the side that was uh, softer and explaining things yeah, to me. Yeah, because he's your and, dad. Yeah. yeah. And, and so I knew the side of him. Like he never hid like, you know, sometimes you'd have to leave and go punch someone in the face and come back and, He'd tell me about it and be like, you know, and explain reasons or like, you know, he taught me to look like right into people. So, yeah, he was in the media trying to fight for all that. And so this is a, f- a funny thing that it will haunts me for the rest of my life in a way, um, but in a funny way. Uh, when we were doing the media, I was actually in the newspaper with Dad before he went missing, like not long before, and it was they were opening up the um, clubhouse for everyone to see inside and say, oh, you know, like we're not doing too much crazy stuff. Yeah. And... Um, I had sports day and I was only like maybe like 11 or 12 and I was in the yellow team. So I was in primary school, like year seven, I sprayed yellow stuff, like spray paint my hair. And he was like, have a shower, wash your hair, we're going to have photos. I was like, nah. And he goes, you'll regret this one day because he was going through, I was going through rebellious ways and then he was going through, we'll stuff you then, don't worry about it. <laughs> and and in my head I was like, you should have just thrown me in the shower because he, and then because I do regret it. The photo that everyone uses to this day is of I've me and him it. with yeah. the yellow hair. Yeah, yeah you I've notice the yellow it, yeah. hair. So... <laughs> We had that and, you know, that was all good. And then um, so I'll basically just go into like the whole sort of story thing of it. Uh, I was in year – I must have been in year eight. Yeah, year eight. And so, you know, starting high school, whatever, and I was going to go to like a blue light disco. My mum doesn't watch horror movies and I'm like, this is really weird. Like she's watching Saw with me. Like, And I was like, I, I had – you know when you start thinking things? And so my dad had dropped me and his girlfriend off because his girlfriend was only like – 20, early 20s at the time. So, you know, he was like early 30s or mid-30s, I think. And, um, no, late 30s, sorry, I think, when he died. Um, so living that life. Yeah, 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 you know. So he was living and she was hot as and young and funny. So she used, she was like a big sister to me. So if yeah. he'd go away or do something, she'd stay with us sometimes. That's cool. And, yeah, so it was a cool, like we had a cool sort of little thing going on. And um, he left to go to Jeps Cross to meet his boss because he was a debt collector, so not like a, you know, not a, Work, work, work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, so then, you know, Alina's gone home like the next day or something. He's not come home. He's rung, She's rung mum and been like, you know, Steve's not come home. She's like, oh, you know, don't worry. Maybe he's on a bender or doing this or whatever. So all week they've, you know, me and my friend Carly, we still remember sitting on the train laughing, trying to ring my dad. A whole week I was trying to ring him to because we just thought he'd lost his phone or he's on a bender. That's what mum and that told me. But it was believable. Like, I mean, my dad had never gone on a week bender and not talked to me 
but yeah. it was not. But it was that. Yeah. Was yeah. It out of like the realm to think. Yeah, like it would yeah. like that was more realistic than someone had killed him because of who he was. Yeah. yeah. So we're like, yeah, yeah. And then when it got to the Friday, I was going meant to go to the blue light, and Mum was trying to keep me off the TV because it was on the Channel Ten News. So someone rang her and said, "Look, it's on the news." And then Mum, she's she. So they, well, they must have said whatever to her, and she walked around to me because we only lived in this little house. And she just started crying and I knew straight away, I said, don't even, I said, don't even say it. And she goes, look, your dad's missing, presumed murdered, it's a major crime thing, like I couldn't let you go, it's on the news, um, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I freaked, you know, broke down, like you're 13 years old, how do you process that? Yeah, that's it. And like my, da- I, my I was daddy's girl, like yeah. I was, and I was, that's what mum said, like, like my dad was a big, you know, badass, you know, bad motherfucker, whatever, but when he had me, it, Mum said, like, she goes, she's actually talking about saying my grandma was over. She goes, I had, he held me because I used to be able to just lay on his whole arm like that. And he just said, I can't beat people up now because they're someone's child. I mean, he still probably beat people up. You've seen that humility. You've seen yeah. those kind of things. Yeah. You know, like we used to sit on the side of the river and birds would eat out of his hands and things like that. So, and he loved animals and he had the soft. He just had, you know, but he also had things in his childhood that led him to be where he was. Like, yeah. he, he thought he'd accidentally killed someone when he was younger, you know, pull a chair out from someone and they fall back. Oh, okay. He hit, the kid hit his head and went to hospital and his dad thought he was dead and no one ever told him. So oh. he, yeah, so because, you know, like back then they didn't realise that you know, shit like that would scare a kid. Yeah. You know, so then he's gone down a bit of a track and ended up becoming the biker and that. But, yeah, so I found out the Friday night and then Saturday, so we were really good friends with my friend Dylan from the Sunday Mail back then. So he was the one that did all dad's media and then I'd become friends with him. So he... Come out Saturday, did an interview and photos, and then Sunday Mail. I was the front page of the Sunday Mail. Then I went to school Monday, trying to be normal, and then I basically had interview and interview after that constantly for like flat out for probably like three years. Jesus Christ! And really? yeah, and then it died down a little bit. Like I've been in Take Five. Um, I've been on like seven, nine, ten. All of the newspapers have been in the Australian that goes. Did you find they were asking you the same questions over and over? You. No, no, not ask them. Oh, so people sort of do, but like you know, I always find I kind of answer them different. But even when people ask the same thing over and over, it's it's still interesting because there'll be time between it. So there's yeah. like new. So I'm glad that it didn't happen when um, social media is like it was just before social media, because when it, anything comes out now, people are so fucking venomous. Yeah, like that's yeah. yeah. You wouldn't want to be dealing with that kind of yeah, shit. Yeah, so I mean, this, this is why I messaged you before because I was like, I, I I didn't want to talk about this because I feel like you've already had to talk about it so much, and like this wasn't it wasn't like I brought you on the podcast. I was like, this is what I want to fucking talk about. Yeah. I just think you're inherently fucking interesting. Yeah, fuck, that's right? a very that, different. You know, you want fucking cool people to come on the podcast, but I didn't want like I was prepared for you to come on and not want to talk about this at all because I feel like. You've probably fucking at some point in time just been like, I'm sick of fucking doing the same thing. But well, see, in a way, it was I. It was good because I look back now. Like I said, some people say disassociating is bad, and then but sometimes it's good because your pain doesn't go away from anything, especially when you don't have a body. You can't finish it. Like I, I haven't got a funeral. Yeah, didn't get that close. Like I went through years of being jealous as shit of people that had funerals. Like imagine your friends upset because someone they loved died, and you're jealous of them because yeah, which is just again when yeah, you and that's you confusing and yeah. Yeah, yeah, and so um. Yeah, the media, like, uh, it made me be able to, like, I don't know if you know, when I sort of tell stories about that, it's generally like the same kind of tone of voice, almost like robotic. And um, I've noticed yeah. that I go into that and, um, I, like, I used to not be able to dive too deep, whereas now I get used to it more because I want to keep his memory alive. And then, like, that's what I've said, like, with, 
uh, everything with him built me up to who I am now, even with the bad things. Like, uh, you know, if people said to me, would you ever, if you could go back, would you bring him back? Of course you're going to. Yeah. But I'm not going to sit here and feel sorry for myself. Like I, try, I went to do that and then I was like, no, stuff it. Like I want every time people, even if I didn't want to do interviews or articles, I always did it because you never know. It could bring up something but then it come to the point that I was like, hang on a minute, if my dad could choose two things, that to go like you know he didn't he would if he got to live he wanted to eventually not be a biker and live a like kind of normal life and yeah just be like that and then eventually die of old age or whatever or if he had to die earlier he wanted to die you know he'd be known as infamous Steve Williams and yeah. Yeah. so if I do more interviews it stays alive it makes him more of something like the last Channel Ten thing I did that actually went Australia wide and. The way that they did it was done really well but it kind of hit me in the way of realising how much of an impact he had and what who he was. Like so when I was younger I just kind of fobbed it off. I was like, yeah, you know, because even before my dad went missing everyone knew who my dad was. Mm-hmm. So like he took me to primary school on his motorbike, full colours, everything. When I had like a primary school disco he drove me all the way up to the, cut the line on his motorbike, Harley all the way through the school, straight to the front, walked me in, colours and all. And then like one time picked me up with like four or five other blokes like... So it was pretty cool like that. And yeah. um but yeah, so the yeah, the media stuff like I um so I was like, you know, 13, 14, 15, constantly like so where dad lived was Stormy's that it's like the ground level, then there's the brothel level, <laughs> then there's the levels of apartments, and then Stormy's penthouse, because it's that pointy building in is it Light Square or something? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So we used to throw sauce packets down at people. So, you know, if you're ever like around bumping around whatever times before dad went missing and you had sauce thrown at you through that pointy <laughs> bit. It was probably me and Alina. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, like he, uh, I can't remember I was going sort of with that one. <laughs> I always lose my track with that. So, um, yeah, like even live, even that aspect of it, like my best friend, she's grown up at the clubhouse. Her dad helped start the jokes and everything. She wasn't allowed to go to when my dad lived at Stormy's because like the brothel wasn't going all the time. But so when it was shut, we'd go down and play like Buck Hunter and play eight ball and stuff. But then when he went missing, some of the girls that were, you know, escorts, um, they were helping me put makeup on, give me hair. So I've still got jewellery that some of them give me to because they did some of the filming there. Yeah. So even for me, um, I like talking about things like that because it shows both sides. Like most people look at sex workers and just think, oh, they're awful. But they were, the, they were such a support. Like that little – I had filmed for Channel 7 for that one, I think, or a newspaper – and, yeah, and they were great. So, like, I've got to see a lot of different sides of life. Yeah, of course. But then to me I still think I've been sheltered because, like, my other friends, they got to grow up with their dad's bikers and be a bit more in the scene, whereas I had a break for, like, that bit and then I went back when I was older and could party with them and, yeah, yeah so. But, no, I, yeah, I had all those newspapers and it calmed down for, like, a year or two, like, a couple of years. Then I kicked up about five years then at the five years and then ten years I did the Today Tonight and then from there on I think it's sort of been, like, each year. Um, from there. So the last one I did, they did want to do at his anniversary but, you know, how you missed the messages and Facebook thing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think and that's what I, I'm going to try and that's what I, started, I, had a, I had a time where I took a turn, like I was like maybe at 15 years I'll stop. Then I was like, we well, can't. I said, it's not, I don't, I don't use dad's name to make mine better but it's, I use my name to help his story and his story helps my name. Yeah, and I know yeah, that he it. would like I, – I used to try and not talk about Dad too much and mix it with the trucking and the modelling, but then I noticed everything that I do, I've, I've made myself a name enough that I can talk about all the things together. And well, just like you have tonight. You yeah, I mean? that's like, it. Just, there's not like there's one – you're not pigeonholed to any one thing. You're not Steve's daughter. You're not the horse – 
showy, you're not the truck driver, you're not yeah. an only fan, you know what I mean? Like you are Blaze who is a bit of all of that. Yeah, kind of that's thing, it. Which is the important. dynamics to it, which yeah. is, which is yeah. incredible. And my, it, my dad it, always wanted me to try and be, like that was his thing. They like mum and dad said, oh, we give you a different name so you could try and be famous. And that's like mum said, she goes, you know, not I'm not famous as such, but she goes, you know, I'm known. So she goes, I guess it's kind of the same. But she goes, it was for the wrong thing in the start, but she goes, at least you've built it into Around more. Everything. So yeah. like just having that media experience when I was younger, um, that helped me be able to not get ripped off by the media when I was older. Yeah, yeah. of course. And so, just be like because it's weird thing, but like you look at um uh say like something like the fucking the, if you watch the latest Channel 7 thing with Ben Cousins where he's still fucked, like he's still fucked out of his mind and they're just literally flogging a fucking dead horse yeah. of like the fact that they know that they put a camera in front of him and people are going to fucking tune in and it's disgusting to watch because yeah. like he's not helping anyone. Yeah. He's not yeah. and they're just like they're just getting a cash cow out of him and that's the whole thing is that like you are in a position where you're strong enough and kind of know enough about it to go like I'm not going to just become something where I'm a fucking hit piece for them. Yeah. You know, I'm going to make sure that it's being done in the fucking right way and all of that kind of stuff so that it actually means something. Yeah. Um, which is what I've noticed out of all the things I've seen. Well, the um, the perfect example for that is that where the actual truck driving modelling thing kicked off was um, I had a message from the uh, – so my friend Dylan that did the first thing for my dad's story – um, he was doing a thing on female truck drivers. So he shot um, a photo of me with the toll trucks and that was on the front page of the Sunday Mail. And then I, I must have posted that in a um, Facebook group. Do you ever remember ball bags and handbags? Oh, yeah. I've yeah. still got that. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I posted, used to post photos and things in there and someone that worked at the Daily Mail, or it's actually called Cater's News, the ones that scout for the stories, Okay. they messaged me and I thought it was a scam. But because I knew enough about media from being younger to have to, because you had, I had to be so careful when I was younger that people wouldn't portray dad as just some murderous scumbag that's yeah, dead. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So I always made sure I had absolute control. No one was allowed to do stories basically unless I approved it. Yeah. And um, so I looked right into it and ended up. So I had I got paid all for that Daily Mail thing. So he he found me through ball bags and handbags and messaged me and said, "Oh, you know, you're a hot truck driver. Would you do a story about it?" And so when they did the story, I had to sign contracts and everything and I actually got paid for all those articles. Yeah, killer. And so what he did was um, I didn't know. So I never gave myself the world's sexiest truck driver thing. They mm. gave me that as clickbait. So right. I didn't even have – I only just got Instagram when I did that article. So I wasn't really into the – I'd always had Facebook but I hadn't really been into Instagram or anything. Yeah. And so he did this article and um, they put the – I never knew what clickbait was until then and they put world's hottest truck driver. It went fucking viral. It went everywhere, all across the world, absolutely mental. No shit, that's sick. Yeah. Because clickbait yeah. fucking works. It yeah, does. That's, yeah, well, that's it. why it's called clickbait, man. And, yeah. the, and, and the perfect example between my media experience and others is a friend of mine, um, she went to jump on the um, – like she drives the mining trucks and she went to me like message them and said, oh, I drive trucks too. And so they've taken an interview from her but she hasn't gone through the caters news where I had full control and I got paid and everything. She's just jumped straight to whoever would answer. Yeah. So then the next like day or so um, it pops up with, oh, now this girl thinks she's the hottest truck driver and they made a war between us. Oh, so, okay. but I'm like, she, Was she one of your friends? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So um, yeah. It, was, it was, it sucked in one way because it, 
pulled my story down a bit, but then it was good in a way because then I got paid for every article that I was mentioned in of hers. Oh, okay. So they, but the, the thing that sucks is they made it, we were really good friends and they made a war between us. So like Team Blaze or Team Jan. Yeah. And I'm I'm blonde, I'm more stereotypical looking and she's more like gothic looking. She's well, She's even more tattooed than me and she's got black hair. So people started like hammering her on the internet oh, because what? like you know you make two you make people pick between two things yeah they'll start p- paying one out yeah so it actually crushed her like it was really bad for her mental health and everything for a while so I helped her through it because I said look I've copped that much shit with dad like I'm so experienced in you know just going through that so we like it nearly, it nearly wrecked our friendship for a little bit but we got through it and now we're like closer again for it and everything yeah cool but it showed the exact thing like I said to her I said you you can't just jump in and say yeah I'll do this and that I said, because they literally just grabbed your story and tried to make it you weren't trying to jump in and say oh, I'm hotter you were trying to say hey I'm a model and I drive too but yeah. they've yeah at the end they're of the day they're a business right and then they see an opportunity to like spin something to make a, a, a different story out of it yeah and they don't care whose feelings get hurt they just want clicks yeah that's so, it yeah, and look at the difference between oh you know how we showed you this one well how about another one but if they go oh now there's a rivalry for the top yeah. spot like no you know that's of course you're gonna it's just that and that's and that's fucking. why I look at that like I said with the, I mean obviously because I look at social media stuff I knew it's just it's it's science in a way. I'm the more even though I'm heavily tattooed. If I wasn't tattooed, then I'd be more girl next door looking, and that's always going to be more accepted over a more variety of people. Yeah. Whereas when you go a bit more hardcore looking, you're always going to cop that. And man, she copped it. But that's why I said like I mean I, the stuff I've copped. Like I get people randomly messaging me still every few months saying that they seen this happen to dad or his body might be put through a wood chipper here or. This Fuck or that. Yeah. Like, so that's another people think they realize as well. Like, so every time I do a story, I brace myself for the comments, I brace myself for the messages yeah. and the spam. And um, yeah, and everybody tries, to, everybody thinks they know his dad, you know, I breathed near your dad one time in a pub. Like, you know, like, so. so you really yeah, get that. So you didn't, yeah, yeah, really, really badly. Yeah, people will be like, so, and then I've had people, so when I say all these things, people think, surely she'd be an upper self. But when you ask any of my closest friends that's been around, that it even pisses them off. Like, we'd go to town. And then um, people would ask me about dad or, um, you know, oh, I knew him or. Well, when oh, you were I trying think, to chill. Yeah, I'm like out town, like paraways, and someone's like, oh, I reckon your dad like got, you know, put through a wood chipper out and pulled a, put out like here or whatever. And so like, you it's know. like just so just, fucking like. like who, and like. And some people will come and say, oh, you know, ask me about my dad and then they'll try and hit on me or something. And it's like if you knew my dad, you'd know not to fucking hit yeah, on me. That's, like, yeah, that's the fucking last thing you Yeah, and so like, um, I w- yeah, so we I went like. We sort of knew bits and pieces of what happened to him um, or sort of what we thought. So my dad also, like if my dad was around, he would be your ultimate wormholes talker because he was, oh. uh, he had a lot of evidence against the family murders and things like yeah, that. Okay. So, um, yeah, so we we always weren't sure if it was them. Then he also had a lot of stuff with corrupt judges and cops and stuff. Yeah, so he was obviously dealing with the establishment is what yeah. it seems like. There's way more things in those, do you know what I mean? Like there's yeah. more depths of that shit. Like what you see in the media reporting or whatever, and that's what I think I like about what I've seen with the reporting on your dad is that it hasn't been anywhere near as hit PC or whatever as like what I said about the Ben Cousins thing or whatever. You know yeah. what I mean? Where they're just trying to extort things for the sake of extorting it, yeah. especially when we have seen the way that they have portrayed 
bikies in the media for the last at least decade, particularly yeah. when it is everything is just like the the lowest fucking scum on the earth. Yeah, and that's what I'm glad about when you're having these things. And obviously, I'm sure that you're saying I'm not going to have any part of anything that is less than fucking above board. Yeah, well, that's why I was saying before I um I make like all the media stuff. I made sure I was so in control with like nearly every article thing that goes out comes through goes through me, and I was always so. Like I want to proofread it and I make sure they can't do this and that because we had the news one time say that they found a body wrapped up in a carpet with like biker boots on so they started announcing that it was Steve Williams. So I was away at the time freaking out thinking that he was there like and um, ended up being someone else but they just did it for like, you know. Just making up lies, typical media like and you, you know what the problem is, is like they want to paint, they want to paint fucking bikers or anyone associated with any kind of thing like that as bad when honestly the real criminals are the ones wearing the suits. Yeah, yeah. well that's why um, it basically like it is. It's, it, there's people good and bad everywhere. Everyone just wears different like uniforms, outfits, vests. Yep. And see like I know bikers that are hectic and are probably, you know, genuine psychopaths but then I know ones that are absolutely beautiful. Yeah, that's and it. And it's the same as normal people. Like I know some wacky as psychopathic normal people. Oh, and yeah. But the difference is at least when they've got a vest on, you be cautious of them. It's like a warning sign. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah right. That's and that's the thing. As I said, I've, I know some fucking stories about shit that is unfucking sightly, but I know that from every human. Like, you know, yeah, that's every the walk same of life. Yeah. It's yeah. just stupid that there's this, like, light shined on something where when, like, especially with, like, the whole – um, the there's been so much for like the um, what's the thing I'm thinking of like the toy runs, yeah, and the child abuse shit. Like these people who are the ones that are being like coveted as the fucking worst in the world are the ones that are actually organising more like actual beneficial shit than anyone fucking else yeah. is. Yeah. And yet they're the ones being tarred and feathered. And yes, there are a lot of fuckwits, and there are a lot of but people. They get, that are, they're getting tarred and feathered because they keep uncovering the people that are in high positions. Yes, yeah, that's yeah. exactly right. right. Like and then the people in high positions don't like their name being tarnished. Yeah, and so. so he had he didn't tell he didn't tell us the name of the person that he had the info on because he was that high up and he didn't want any of us to get hurt. Yeah, okay. and um, like so he there's if you ever get a chance this book doesn't have anything to do with dad but there's a book called Red Tape Rape because most people don't realize that South Australia is the pedophile capital of Australia. And Wouldn't so yeah this book Red Tape Red Tape Rape um is about a kid that um was put through the system but then given to people in like you know higher up lawyers and politicians and basically um give it molested and raped by them all and they used to even send him on charter flights to interstate and then put into a school and then he was like raped every day and stuff like yep. and yeah. so one of the guys from the club he helped him write this book and has helped him you know get through it all and um yeah so there was like a limited amount of them and when I read the book I was like this is my like it opened my eyes to what goes on like there's even places in Adelaide called Beats where guys can go find you know the young boys that looking for money and um yeah so they, and he was meant to have some evidence I guess that I think something had to do with like von item and things like that what was it about this kind of information that made you feel this is concrete? It just made sense by what they were saying or? Yeah, so when I um, I basically had like a bit of a mental breakdown and um, I was sort of like abusing one of the, the like the boss that was with Dad at the time or whatever and um, he didn't know I was because I was like Facebook where they can't see the messages and, um, uh, and I can't remember what else happened. I think maybe my mum might have even rung him and got him to talk to me or something because I was just having a bad time. Mm-hmm. And um, so the detective ended up ringing me and said, look, come in for a talk. So basically they sort of knew everything but they couldn't tell everyone anything because they didn't have evidence enough to cement anything and that's what they still do now. Like, yeah. Yeah. you know, I basically know so the names. enough and to give you an idea but not enough that they can ever say with concrete evidence this is what happened. And once yeah, again so, that so, goes back to the 
the the legal system is like it's just it's, it's all wacky. It's yeah, all yeah fucking like they've like, got the whole. They know every single detail that happened. They just don't have the body. And like back then, there's not many CCTV and things like yeah. that. And, and if you don't have a body, then you don't have a case. That's yeah, what they always and, fucking say. And know. where it happened, they stripped it all down, redid it all, so the evidence is gone, all that sort of stuff. Um, like so, yeah. It, so when I've I hadn't spoke to the detective. It was like I did. It was almost so when I was younger. I guess probably because I dealt with so much media and guess I just was I had enough to do with and I never really spoke to the detective but I guess I noticed as well I kind of avoided making things I guess it makes it real in a way like I knew what it was, yeah. I was like yeah, yeah I'm dealing with this and so if you pretend that it's all so up in the air then there's then maybe especially when you're younger I guess then maybe everything's going to work out well so I, I never more that you I never know. held on to hope because I knew that who he was and what it was he would have to be dead but then like part tiny part you can't help your natural reaction of if you get a private number it could be him of course yeah. you know so like yeah. you have that but you know solidly that they're gone but your body it's like when you someone scares you and you scream like your body just reacts like yeah. and so um when I went to see the detective and he told me you know a lot about what happened and then um, he said something about like what he was wrapped up in or something like that and what had happened and it was just like I'd never, I've never had a conversation where I was talked about dad and then just gone, holy like fuck. And that was just like it just hit me like this. like and, But the whole just sitting down talking to this detective in a suit, talking about it made my situation real. Like I was like, holy shit, yeah. your dad was the president of a biker club then he was also in the media for being like hectic, but then also trying to change the way people see bikers, yeah. and like, I, and then I was starting to get the gravity of it all, and it kind of so I um had found that out, and then uh, I can't remember if it was before or after. I get confused with my timelines. That Homer horse that was like my rock all through everything with Dad, because he so when we wanted to buy Homer, I was starting Western, and I had um. My little black, I had a little black pony, Hercules, and I used to ride him all the time. He was my best mate. So all through my life I had like my pony Annie, Pee Wee, they're buried at home. And then when we had Hercules and Dad went missing and uh, like we wanted to buy the pony and everything, so we, um, sorry, so, see, I get confused there. So Dad was like, I said to my mum's like, kind Dad, you know, we've got to buy this horse. And he's like, what's its name? And he goes, oh, Homer. And my dad was a Simpsons fiend. So he goes, yeah. all right, it's a sign, we'll get him. And then he'd come to the horse shows and he'd rub his neck and he's like, oh, this horse trusts me because he'd let me rub his neck. And I'm thinking, he's domesticated. If I couldn't touch his neck, it'd be a spastic. Yeah. Yeah, like, <laughs> so I'd let him, yeah, 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 you're a heap special to the horse, Dad. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and then so he, when Dad went missing, this horse was my rock. He was so soft and gentle and, like, everything. And uh, then we ended up having to sell my pony Hercules because I started to have money when Dad was gone. And... Um, that broke me, so I promised one day that I'd get him back. And then um, I actually tracked him down last year through the gifts of Facebook. And yeah, the, the recent article I did, the photo of me with the little black pony is him. So he's 22 years old now. And they, oh, wow. en- they ended up giving him back to me for free. Oh, that's amazing. So, yeah, I did that's see that. That's, that's so incredible. Amazing. Yeah, so he's now been as naughty as he is. It's like nice to have, because he was my rock before Homer was my rock. So yeah. got him back, and you know, I've got all the others anyway, but it's nice to have that sort of that last kind of thing from that era of my life really. Like, and just the way it came yeah. about and everything yeah. as well was so amazing. And Homer was 22 when he died and then Hercules was 22 when we got him back. So yeah, yeah. that was, yeah, pretty weird in that yeah. way. But, like, what I was going to say before is, and this is the thing, is that like, again, obviously didn't know him at all, but when I look at the photos from all of these posts, and as I said, growing up around these kind of people and knowing the ones that were pieces of shit and the ones that were, you know, just in it for whatever other reason and you can see that there was genuine like I look at the photos of him and he just you can almost just see an aura of a 
just a genuine fucking human being. Or yeah. You know, like you, 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 I don't look at those photos ever and think for a second of like the kind of people that I know that were just like wanted to be because you would know as well that there are people that are in it for the wrong fucking reasons. Yeah, yeah that's well, right. They he was, he was old school. And, they end up yeah. weeding themselves out a lot of the time anyway. Yeah. But you just know those people. I mean, we've all grown up with those people that were just like, yeah, I just want to fucking – and it's like you, that's not – that's not what the essence of this stuff is yeah. about. And that they're, they're, they're the ones that make the bad names for yeah. them. Well, that are literally like, you know, I'll fucking yeah. kill whoever you want. It's like that's not even like a – you know what I mean? Like yeah. that's not what the whole fucking thing is about. Like, well, the whole it, thing originally of bike clubs was for people that were outcasts and they go to somewhere and they kind of get along. Like, you know, my dad, he kind of went down that track of thing and he killed someone. So he went down a bit more of a naughtier path and ended up becoming like one of the youngest – got to be – like the joke is you've got to be like a certain age to sign up and he got to sign up younger and everything like that. Like so they have like their own rules and things but it's so like funny um, like you can't, if you smoke meth, they'll kick you out. Like so yep. they've got rules yeah. against certain drugs yep. and yeah. things and and it's weird for me. Like that's what I even look back now. I go like some of the people, some I've grown up, like some of the bikers have been all normal in life and, and then there's ones from other clubs that I've grown up with that I've then found out that they're flat out murderers and and I'm like, wow, these people used to just babysit me like it was normal. Yeah. And um, so it's that's why I'm so interested in the different sides of people and all I do is watch things of like, um, you know, like psychology things of why people do things. And, and the thing, this sounds bad to say in a way, one way I made peace with myself about dad's situation was I had to say to myself, business is business. Yeah. So he lived in a world where business was hectic and he was probably someone's business to get rid of. And, you know, he'd have a business sometimes of having to beat someone up or do this or that or whatever. And I had to, I just sat down to myself and it, it sounds so like harsh when you say it, but once I went, you know what, it was just, it just was business. Like that's yeah, how it was. Like, you know, as much yeah. as it sucks and it's not the, I mean, well, he suffered because he's dead, but it's not, we've noticed as I've grown up, it's not a lot of them that suffer. It's the family. The family gets the backlash. The family gets a backlash when, you know, they die and now I've got to grow up with this and then... Yeah. You know, like well, the thing is as well is that you've got to think about it in a sense that like, and as we know from from other things that have happened, it's like, so if it didn't, whatever the fuck they planned or whatever with your dad, if that didn't quite work out, then you and your mum or whoever else are the possible next target. Well, that's why we had to live in fear so for a while. There's so many other we fucking were. things that are like, you know what I mean? That it, the 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 buck just doesn't stop there. Yeah, yeah. as we know from all of these fucking things that we've learnt about over the fucking years that like there's no oh that person's like not you know let's say Steve and your mum are split up that means that you guys are fucking safe like that's not how the fucking yeah, shit well, works. Yeah well so, it used to be like you couldn't touch the wives and children and that and then that started to go out over the years and that's when that's when the like biker lifestyle took the turn for worse and while they try to get rid of them because then kids and women will get hurt whereas like back in dad's day it was you'd meet up somewhere and it was a full punch on. You know, yeah. you could baseball bat each other and stomp each other's heads. Like, they had full proper go at it. But then once the guns and things started to come into it. Yeah, once it got dirty. Yeah, yeah. And that's it. Like, so, you know, and like, well, my dad, um, he was actually meant to have his leg chopped off when I was younger. He had a motorbike accident. Someone sideswiped him and spun him on the ground and put his, like, thigh bone up on his chest, cut his foot off and everything, and then they put him all back together. So he even had this, he had this bung leg and then he'd still get up when I was at the Royal Adelaide show, I used to show for there. He'd get up as early in the morning, barely be able to walk because his leg was that sore and still come out and watch me ride my pony and got photos with me and 
Like so, yeah, just being a dad. Yeah, like and he yeah. cried at my thirteenth birthday. Like so, yeah. Alina had to take him outside and like basically nearly slap him and say like pull yourself together. Yeah, so yeah. he's sitting inside with his sunnies on with his red cheeks because he'd been bawling his <laughs> eyes out. Like, but this yeah. is all the things. This is all the stuff that like and why it's important to do as much media as you've done and fucking talk about it with us today because it's like people don't understand that kind of shit. And like whilst, as we said, especially like the more that time's gone on, the more that the waters of this shit has been muddied, and it's not. Yeah. Like it was in the days where he was president and whatever, you know, which oh, is like. Oh, God, yeah. Like, and that's the thing and you're not coming here and defending bikies inherently because of fucking whatever. Like as we said, we've seen the 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 way that it's kind of downturned on a whole and yeah. it's become more of this fucking yeah. like. It's a lot more complex. Well, it, sounds, it sounds like a silly comparison but like because I've always had horses and like the horses I've had sometimes I get proper ones and I've got to learn them and teach them new things. And it's some of them are just. Some are just jerks and some aren't. Like, yeah, and some, you know, it. you can get a skiddy horse and so a lot of the time their problems that are wrong with them are man-made. Yeah. So you can fix them. Every now and then you'll get a horse and it's just skiddy and you've got to put it down. Yeah. Like so, and I find that's the same with people except we don't do it with people. We let the skiddy people live and then, you know, they've got to blend in somewhere. So they are everywhere. But a lot of the time, yeah. you know, then when the bike clubs come along, they are going to go more towards that because like my friends, some of the guys in the club, like we'd, I'd play fight with them and then eventually they'd end up hitting you almost, like not full force but like pretty hard because to them they'd play fight till they're like knocking each other out. Like I had a friend, he, they will play fight and he kicked him in the leg and give him a hematoma on his leg that he had to have like drained a few times and everything. So like to them playing and being normal is like punching on being it's silly. Being fucking yeah. yeah. So like fight, when yeah. we'd go out and like I'd raz up one of my friends and he was like this big six over six foot guy and he'd like start punching me in the arm, like giving me my birthday punch or something. People would look like thinking, holy shit, and I'm like laughing and yeah. screaming or whatever. But like you forget that that looks so Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And to me they're like that's like yeah, it's weird. But I love I love the fact that I got to I can't stand people that have grown up I guess sheltered in a way. Like I'm sheltered in the way like I haven't seen Forrest Gump. But I'm not sheltered in the way. <laughs> <laughs> what a weird thing to uh, fucking put. After fuck? everything we've just fucking talked about, and you're like, I'm sheltered in a way and I haven't seen Forrest Gump. But yeah, but like that's what, like, like I haven't seen Forrest Gump and like a few other things. But yeah, I've hung out with murderers. Like yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. so like that's what we, like Carmen uh, laughs at me. He goes, "How are you so exposed but so sheltered?" So sh- yeah. I said, "Cause I was hanging around bikers and horses all my childhood." But <laughs> like, why do I need to watch shit movies when I was literally watching fucking yeah. hectic shit unfold? That's it. Oh, Fuck God. yeah. All right. I reckon that's perfect time. What yeah, do you we've done we've done very fucking well. Um, yeah. Thank you so much yeah. for coming well, thanks on. Thanks for, for having me. And I'm sure, you know, sure in a couple of months I'll do some hopefully do some more cool stuff. Probably back, maybe back with that's more. That's right. Well, yeah. we'll, we'll definitely <laughs> fucking have you yeah, back. We'll have you around it's been a fucking sure. it's been a whirlwind adventure. Um our like guests have just gone from strength to strength oh, in terms yeah. of like hecticness. Yeah. Oh, yeah, like well, the next how do we top that now? We'd have to get someone who literally did kill a person. Yeah. <laughs> The next time we have to get someone on who's like, hey, by the end of this show, one of the hosts is going to be dead. That's yeah, the only like, way or, to or like you've survived now. like Ted Bundy or something like that. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, there's like, I've got a few, I, I think I've got a few friends I'll have to dig around to um, see what ones can do what for stories and that. Because there is some cool shit. Because even for me, like, I want to start doing the YouTube channel just talking about even, because like you said, even, imagine if I went into each part even more. Yeah. yeah. But then the same thing is kind of what you guys do, but I want to find similar ones. Like, I found a girl that had a dad die in a similar way. And when we talked to each other, we did the same kind of weird quirks. So cool, I was like, God, cool. I need to keep diving yeah, into that. Yeah, yeah, keep keep going that way, man. That's really cool. So no, thanks heaps for having yeah. me. It no, it's been do you want to shout pleasure. out your Instagram to people so you can oh, follow yep. along so and stuff? And all my, your other- 
My Instagram is just at Blaze Williams, B-L-A-Y-Z-E, because no one puts the Y in there ever. And I basically have Blaze Williams for everything. So that's, yeah, um, yeah and my hashtag's Blonde Trucky. But I've got blazewilliams.com and that's got all the links to all my OnlyFans, fans. YouTube's, Insta, everything. So. Make sure you go follow along. For sure. Yeah. I want, yeah. I want to hurry up and uh, my YouTube channel's not very big yet, but I'm aiming one. My life goal is that YouTube 100K trophy. Yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> we like, that's, so, our, that's our goal too. Well, so we, <laughs> we started a fucking YouTube and then like the we started uploading little clips from the podcast and then like our fourth clip I talked about 9-11. They fucking zucked it straight away. <laughs> Like within like 13 seconds of it being uploaded, they were like, this doesn't fucking meet community standards. So like we've speech. almost like we've almost forgotten and neglected YouTube now because we're just like, fuck you, dog. Yeah, you're like, we're I'm going back. We're going back. Thing, we've got like 13 followers, right? And a video about 9-11 gets uploaded and gets fucking ripped down straight away. <laughs> hey, does that not prove that we're onto something? And yeah. also... <laughs> And also, fuck you guys. Yeah, they, they know where you're going to go with your channel. They're like, we're going to stop this guy right now. Right now, yeah. And it's worked because we haven't uploaded a clip almost fucking since yeah, then. Yeah, they've seen your Facebook. They're um, like, he's on to us. Yeah, that's so, it. No, we're, well, that's, we're swinging back in though. We're going back in. That's I don't the whole thing. So I've had my Facebook fucking deleted. I just had my Instagram fucking deleted. So <laughs> I've made a wormholes Instagram now and now my Facebook is very tame in, in well, terms of You need, of like you need to content. get on, um, I'm pretty sure Twitter's a lot uncensored, but to be honest, I can even send you my referral link. So anyone out there listening that wants to start an OnlyFans, I can send you a link. Is there an OnlyFans for conspiracies? Because an, I'll be fucking rocking yeah. that there thing. Is I'll have my tits out just like, <laughs> yeah, Bush did it, motherfuckers. Because <laughs> there's OnlyFans where you can have free pages. So people oh. can um, just like follow it as if an Instagram, because the, the feed is the same setup as Facebook. Okay. So they can follow your free page, but if and then as your wormholes grow, you could start a page, and even if you had a dollar or two dollars, by the time you grow, have a few hundred people or whatever on there, OnlyFans wormholes wormhole sounds fucking yeah, great. Yeah, because it's because there's even like yeah. Cardi just me B showing my it. fucking hole on wormholes. <laughs> <laughs> we don't even need because that's, that's what I thought it was all for porn. But yeah, yeah, I've never even looked at it. Nah, like. well, there's heaps of musicians and everything on oh, there cool. now. Because what you can do on the free pages too is charge people to open posts. So right. you could put like, you know, say if you wanted to charge people to listen to the podcast, you can put it on there and they have to pay to listen. Which again for the musician side of things as well, like obviously like for the stuff that you do, incredibly important that there's like avenues for that stuff to actually be popular. But for like musicians as well who it's just so fucking insanely hard for oh, them yeah. to find a way to make money because like on any of the streaming platforms you have to be so unbelievably big for it to be worth it, right? Yeah. And when you look at, especially in Corona times, there's no gigs. So there's nowhere for yeah. you to go and you can't fucking busk. You can't get a gig. Yeah. And like you're making all of this content and it's like just not generating anything. So I, I really like the idea of like an OnlyFans or whatever structure because like for something like us, obviously we're about to drop merch soon and like we have already have people like telling us hurry the fuck up and like drop merch because we want it. And it's like so... And I know that that's the way that it is for a lot of musicians, that there's a yeah. core group of friends and people that really enjoy the stuff they're doing. So that kind of idea of like some way that you can support them uh, and and make it worthwhile them spending the time yeah. to fucking produce yeah. and everything, that's which it. is insanely hard. Well, maybe we can get an OnlyFans going on, right, where it's like we do like live streams to those, just the, that core group of people where that it's more point. interactive. Yeah, and we just and then like, we can talk about whatever the fuck we want. Well, because yeah. you can because it's complete. That's what I mean. It's completely uncensored. So anything yeah. that YouTube or like Spotify wouldn't let you put on, you can put on OnlyFans, and you don't have like on your free page. Um, you can not charge for anything um, or you can charge on like DMs or whatever, but you can just have it basically as a Facebook page that's completely uncensored so you can put everything on there and not have to worry that it's going to get deleted because they don't. Because um, 
I feel like if OnlyFans is going to slowly become like a Facebook that people like will go media, on and scroll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, you know, you'd pay to the ones you want to see. and Because I've got a free page as well and I use that for yeah. advertising more. Yeah. Because yeah. So, well, it's yeah. already happening like um, with the whole conspiracy shit. Like obviously, as I said, with my page being deleted and my Instagram being deleted and that's happening to anyone who's like me, right? So yeah. anyone who's trying to basically ask people to ask questions on a regular basis is having their shit ripped down. And then a lot of people who are on the fringe of that, right? So they may not necessarily be right into the conspiracy shit, but they see people getting taken down and they go, hold on a second. If yeah. they're so wrong, yeah. if they're so off the mark, why the fuck are you deleting so them? Yeah. In effect, if you can't that, see it, they chase it. That, like. Yeah, then that makes them go, hold on a second, I want to know more because if he's being deleted for the shit he says yeah. and it's not that outrageous and for him to say And because when you say it, it, the pieces make sense and then people put it together and then it gets out there more like – you know, say like the Black Lives Matter movement. It just took one thing on the internet and it shot off further. Yeah. And you can tell that with all the conspiracy theories, it's teeter-totter. Like look at all the stuff with their, um, the pedophilia stuff in Hollywood at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Like it's teeter-tottering to all falling down soon and yeah. showing that. Yeah. Well, it's been crazy that every time someone asks me, I had a mate message us yesterday. Um, shout out to JJ and fucking 2319. I'm repping the merch again. But he um, <laughs> he messaged me yesterday and just like, I fucking love you and Ryan talking shit on the podcast. And it just came out of nowhere. And I was like, what what are the episodes? Is anything stuck out? And like ev- a lot of people are saying, like, I love the conspiracy shit. And they're people that I would have never imagined were actually giving a fuck about that kind of yeah. stuff, right? And that's where we're getting to as a society now. More and more people are being like, I want to fucking know. Like, know even truth, if I don't necessarily interesting, lean but... into it, I'm like, especially when they're seeing, like I said, because my shit's being deleted, they're like, well, why are they deleting you if you're fucking crazy? Because if you were trying to, like, steer people away from the truth and if what I'm saying is not the truth, then let it be out there, right? Because I'm I'm leading people down pathways that are going to expose nothing but lies, so let me be. So when they're cancelling me and I'm... Like I'm a very small fish in the scheme of like. Like, how do they see it? Like that's why I think like, yeah, like, exactly like right. you let there's a video you can go around of an animal getting skinned alive or someone's head getting chopped off and that goes around for days. But yeah. then you put up your video for 13 seconds and it's gone. Well, that's yeah. the perfect example. Like, is a lot of our the the uh, our the the conspiracy community talks about how they will find like my mate uh, my dad's best friend right a guy named Brad he reported a page that he found where guys were sharing photos of like young boys in like promiscuous positions. Yeah. So he reported that page and then got a ban. Wow. He got a ban on his page for reporting a page and like over and over again reporting it being like, why is this page still existing? These dudes are literally fucking beating off over these photos. And then he got a ban for like over reporting a page. Yeah. So then he went on another like account of his and looked and the page is still there. Yeah. The page that he's reporting and it's like, does that not show you that the fucking they're focusing on the wrong shit? Taken down and that shows like to me like it's just because it's the people at the top that it will you know not all of them but a lot of people at the top that it that are doing it. Yeah. I actually learned about this website called um, pedoempire.org, I think it is, or .net, but it's super interesting. Um, and they have these these books uh, that they've written, like they're pretty thick books as well, and they're based on regions. So there's like one for like the UK, one for America and stuff like that. And you can read like a good amount of them for free on that website. Oh, wow, I have to go again. Um, and it's interesting that you were saying that your old man was trying to expose child, was it like child abuse and stuff like that? Yeah, like do you know, remember that Von Item guy that used to, used to like rape boys with like yeah. glass bottles? and things like yep. he was really hectic and yep. yeah. bad. So it was something to do with that. The family murders. He, yeah, yeah, I've heard about it. And the about news, him. that news reporter that had his son get murdered. What was he? I can't remember. Peter Liddy or, or something? Well, it's a, I yeah. think it's on the same topic of that. Someone who was listening to the podcast reached out to me and said that her mum has a USB somewhere that she's been trying to find that has like 
like fucking 16 gig worth of information about the fucking tunnel network that exists under SA. Oh, wow. That they've been using to fucking transport kids since the fucking dawn of time. Well, that's what they did with the in that book with the red tape rape. They used a lot of the, like the, you know, the charter planes. Like, you know, say if you flew from here to Mount Gambia, but they'll just make them go from here to like Queensland. Yeah. yeah. And they'll fly in place to place because they're not documented and everything. Yep, yep. So, yeah, it was, it was mental and it still goes on now. Like the pancake kitchen used to be a beat where guys would go, because like homeless kids or kids going in to try and eat and then the guy would go in and, you know, and same as like toilets and things near the torrents. There was heaps like that. Yeah, that book was, it was a real big eye-opener to what like. And there I was think, such a fucking yeah. shady well, underbelly he ended up to being everyone. A part oh, yeah. of, he ended up being one of the kids that I think was raped by Von Item as well and then he, I think he might have even been there at the same time as a news reporter kid but then he le- he got to leave and the other one didn't. like so, right. Can't remember the full story but it was something like that. So, yeah, it's worth if you can find, I'll try and find the copy yeah, of it. Yeah, 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 try and find it. And if, and if you're listening and you haven't heard our Pizzagate episode, a Conspiratorium 2, I think it is. Yeah, the second we did one. A, we did a full like two-hour episode talking about Pizzagate, more so about the American kind of side of things because yeah. that's, that's a lot where, where a lot of the hectic. But, but I do want to come back because I've talked about in that episode uh, the woman Fiona Barnett who's the Australian woman who has very, very detailed – recounts of being trafficked from like an army base in fucking New South Wales, like being flown on Ronald Reagan's fucking plane back to the US and over to the fucking UK and she lists all these prominent people and the fucking MK Ultra like level torture shit she went through. So yeah. we probably will come back and uh, and dive into that shit again, which is a really weird fucking place to end this podcast on. But we've been yeah, going a, for see the podcast is a roller coaster like my life, like it just goes yeah, all yeah. Place, like, it's just a wormhole. Yeah, you never know. Look, like, I said, like I said to you when we were on the break, I said for some reason every podcast the first half is kind of light and fluffy, and we talk like other than you almost dying from the banana, but it was fairly <laughs> the banana was really, And then we come back, yeah, we've come back rubbering. in the second half, and it's just been absolutely fucking intense. But thank you so much yeah, for coming thank on. Thanks for having me. Um, I know that we're gonna. Get feedback again this week. Like, like the last few guests, everyone's just been like, "Oh my god, that's the fucking best episode." Then the next guest comes on, they're like, "Oh my god, that's my favorite." <laughs> then the next guest comes on, they're like, "Oh my fucking god, this is gonna be another one of those examples." Yeah. I yeah. can already tell. Well, hopefully, yeah. everyone's enjoyed it, and yeah. So, and I'll try and think of some. I might even see if I have any people that might be into that. Well, fucking let us know because in, yeah. we, we've literally Definitely. said like, we're, I'm getting to the point now where I'm starting to exhaust all of my like really fucking cool and interesting oh, friends. I've got some, I've <laughs> got, <laughs> I have like yeah, Cecil the fucking cleaner on. And he's gonna come on. He's like, "Did you know? Did you know that disinfectant is slowly turning kids into fucking slightly dementia? Like that's the next yeah. thing, oh conspiracy God. I've got." So, uh, but right. look, thanks for listening. Give us the feedback. Let us know if you've got any questions. We can pass it on to old Blazy. She chucked you all the Instagram stuff. Uh, and yeah, fucking yeah, and follow us too. We've got an Instagram now as well. well yeah, we it's do. Only got one just picture. Started. Ah, it's got three. <laughs> oh, does so it really? I just posted Fuck. the third one tonight. Shit. So it's got it. about fourteen followers. So hopefully, we can get that to like eighteen by the that end of twenty twenty. Nice. That'd be fantastic. Uh, nice. Those the algorithms. Yeah. I'm gonna put a. I need to fucking put a fake tattoo yeah, on my pull, hand. Pull my hand yeah. up and so I can put it on there and be like, yeah, motherfuckers. I'll uh, hold a banana up like this. Yeah. Stay, <laughs> stay well, tuned. There, there is a guy on OnlyFans called Mike and his banana. That does not surprise. <laughs> I don't, really? I don't yeah. want to know what he did with that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, much All right guys. Love, peace much out. Love.